Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. With your hands lifted up I'll shout, hallelujah, I'll shout, thank 
the show we just wanted to give y'all a little bit of that Small. 
Uh-oh, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Ten reasons why a small church tends to stay small. Well, this, this, this is going to be good, y'all. I think, I think it's going to be exciting, and I'm excited about it. But ten reasons why a small church tends to stay small. That's going to be our main topic of conversation for tonight. That and so much more. But let me give you the rundown, the breakdown on how you can be a part of today's show. If you are already listening on the line, already dialed in, punched in, all you got to do is push one. That'll get you to my producer, the best producer in the land, the one, the only, Latanya Michelle King, taking all of your calls. If you're listening via Blog Talk Radio, simply dial area code 323. 870-4375 870-4375 is the call-in number. 323-870-4375 is the call-in number. You push one, that'll get you over to her. She'll get you over to me, and you'll be live on the air with your boy. Also, also, she's monitoring all the chats, the emails, the phone calls, all of that good stuff. Y'all go in and talk to her, best producer in the land. Look here, watch this, watch this, watch this. You can also email the show. If you want to email the show, it's the TTLO show at TTLOmedia.net. That's right. It's the TTLO show at TTLOmedia.net is how you can email the show. If you want to uh, follow us on social media, you can do that as well. You can tweet the show. You can tweet the show at TTLO Radio. That's right. You can tweet the show at TTLO Radio. That's two T's, one L, one O. TTLO Radio is where you can tweet the show. Uh, if you want to follow us on the gram, follow us on IG, follow us on Instagram, real simple, real easy to do. Follow us on the gram at TTLO Radio. That's right, the same way. Follow us on the gram at TTLO Radio. That's two T's, one L, one O. TTLO Radio is where you can find us on the gram. If you want to follow us on Facebook, that's right, Facebook.com. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com. Just do a simple search for the TTLO Media Group, Taking Limits Off Media Group. Do a simple search for us there, and you will find us there. And then I believe the live streams are up and running. The live streams are up and running. Oh, that's what's missing. Our YouTube, I forgot to add that one. That's what's missing, but I'll do that right now. Uh, but that's uh, you can find us right now. The live streams are up and running, up and running. You can find us on there right now. Uh, do a simple search, Facebook Live. We're live on Facebook. If you're already watching on Facebook, go ahead and say something to your boy. Let us know that you are there. Let us know that you are there. Looking forward to hearing from you. Go ahead, go ahead and do that real quick. Uh, for those of you who are watching on YouTube or will be watching on YouTube in a matter of seconds, as soon as I hit this button over here, that is right there, and boom. Uh, as soon as we get that up and running, uh, we will be good to go. There we go. Uh, so, man, look, I'm excited. Those of you on YouTube, if you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that uh, subscribe button. We're looking forward uh, to talking with you all as well on YouTube. Let me copy that. Uh, if you don't forget, too, we are an iHeartRadio partner. We are an iHeartRadio partner. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means you can catch all of our live shows, all of our live, all of our shows on the iHeartRadio app. Just do a simple search. Do a simple, simple search for the TTLO Media Group. Do a simple search for the TTLO Media Group. Not only will you find the TTLO Radio Show, but you'll also find uh, every Thursday, Healthy Soul Talk with Dr. Dr. Kimberly Thomas, Healthy Soul Talk with Dr. Kimberly Thomas, Real Talk, Real Issues, Real Solutions, every Thursday on the TTLO Media Group Network. Let's not forget, though, how we start our week off. We must start the week off with worship. Y'all know how we do. We start the week off with worship. You can check us out right here 
every, every Sunday, every Sunday. We start the week off with the live simulcast right here from the birthplace of gospel music. That's right. You can catch the live streams right here from the birthplace of gospel music with Pastor Daryl in person, senior pastor here at the historic Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. You can catch that radio broadcast and the live simulcast uh, right here on the CTLO Media Group Network Every Sunday at 11 o'clock, join us for our online worship via via both Facebook, Blog Talk Radio, and YouTube. Also, my brother, my good brother from the West Side Chicago, Pastor Harold D. Washington. Love that brother. Love that brother. You can always catch Faith Works and Vision. Faith Works and Vision on the West Side of Chicago. Faith Works and Vision. All the time, all the time, all the time. Uh, Michael Dote, I just saw that brother. Uh Huh? We did his article, right? Yeah, he was on air with us. Yeah, I, it, it just came up in the Facebook memories. Yep. Yeah, I just saw that, brother. God bless you, man. You that was a powerful, powerful article. It just popped up. I think that was man, that was some years ago. Uh, but it just popped up yesterday in the Facebook memories, man. God bless you, man. A powerful, powerful article. Hope all is well with you, sir. Uh, looking forward to having you on again, uh, Angela Johnson. God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, don't forget to you. We are. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can download a podcast. You can find us there. Uh, man, it's a blessing to be here today, man. Y'all know what we do on Mondays. Mondays is church check-in, church check-in. Y'all know I ask y'all for four things. I ask y'all for four things, four things, four things, four things. First of all, I want to know what church did you go to, huh? What church, even if you went to Bedside Baptist, huh? I want to know what church you went to. I want to know what church you went to. I want to know who preached yesterday. Was it your pastor? Was it a guest minister? Was it an associate? Who preached yesterday? What was the sermon title? Uh-huh. And what was the scripture? Just them four little simple things. What church did you go to? Who preached the word? What was the sermon title? And what was the scripture? Now, if you were actually paying attention, those four things, two of them should be real easy. Where'd you go and who preached? Two of them should be really. Now, sermon title and scripture, you had to at least be paying attention for the first few minutes in order to get that. So that's all I want to know. What church did you go to? Who preached yesterday? What was the sermon title? And what was the scripture? Y'all come on, do the church check-in with your boy real quick. Check-in real quick. You can do that on the uh, on the live stream, whichever medium you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook. You can do that there. Or... Or you can feel free to call in and do your church check-in live on the air with your boy, 323-870-4375, 323-870-4375. That's how you can check in with us right there. Looking forward to hearing from y'all either way. But come on and do the church check-in with us real quick. Uh, hopefully everybody had a good worship service uh, yesterday. Uh, I, I, I know that in, here in Chicago, we, we're going backwards a little bit. We they have the mask mandate here. Hopefully you got mask mandates in your area too. But we're back on the mask mandate in the Chicagoland area, in the Cook County area. So that includes all the suburbs of Cook County as well. I noticed yesterday though in DuPage County they didn't have no mask. They didn't have a mask mandate. It just says the mask sign just says for the uh if you're not fully vaccinated, they're asking people to wear their mask uh in DuPage. So DuPage has not went to a full mask mandate for all indoor activities as of yet but uh this this virus thing man is is it it seems to be getting out of uh more and more out of control uh i do want to say this that the um the uh uh it is it is uh that the the amount of people being vaccinated i think we're up to doing a million vaccines did, did i literally see i think they're doing a million vaccines a day did i did i read that right over a million vaccines a day that's that's crazy giving out a million shots a day and now 
uh, today, uh, I believe the FDA, is the FDA? I was going to say the FDC. <laughs> the FDA, the FDA uh, uh, officially approved the Pfizer virus, uh, vaccine virus, Jesus, the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine. So it is officially approved uh, now, which means now that it's approved, now companies can mandate it because, see, they could mandate you taking a, an unapproved uh, vi- uh, vaccine. They could not mandate that, but now they can, like just like hospitals mandate uh, employees taking flu shots, right? Is that what they do at the hospitals? Like a lot of the hospitals mandate you take a flu shot in some cases. Well, some cases. Right. Yeah. But but again, they can't. They wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't uh, uh, if it wasn't approved. But now it's, it's passed the emergency approval. It has the federal. Uh, it was the federal drug administration. I believe that's what it is. The federal drug administration is now uh, approved it. The, the Pfizer uh, vaccine, which means Moderna won't be too far behind. Uh, they might have never approved old Johnson and Johnson, but guess what? That's the one I took. Huh? We need to get somebody from Johnson Johnson on. <laughs> but that's the one I took. One and done, son. One and done. <laughs> but uh, let me come on, y'all. I, look, now the chat box is looking good. Uh, God bless you, uh, Sister Pitts. I see you. Come on in with the church check-in. Uh, Brother Dalton, uh, if you're still here, uh, uh, what, did you go to church yesterday? Uh, sir, who preached or did you preach? I can't remember. Uh, did you preach yesterday? Who preached? Angela, did you preach or did Brother uh, 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 brother Rob preach? Yesterday and so the pits. I know what church you went to. I'm just waiting on the words. I'm just waiting on the words to come up on the screen. But again, you all can call in for your church check in. Three two three eight seven zero four three seven five is the church is the is the church number <laughs> is the call in number three two three eight seven zero four three seven five is your call in number. Uh, but yeah, man. So this thing with the virus. But y'all, I saw this very weird story this morning. Uh, uh, and and it was it it, it still baffles me. And I was looking to see if there was any uh, if there was any updates about this couple uh, in 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 Yosemite. I'll pull it up in a minute. Let me get this for you guys real quick. So Chicago, all Chicago workers, Chicago to mandate vaccine for city workers, all city workers. That means the popo, everybody, everybody got to take the shot. Everybody in the club. Everybody got to take the shot if you work for the city of Chicago. Uh, so I'm, 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 I'm going to see how, how, how that, how that works out. Um, Illinois, just real quick, back to this coronavirus thing before I jump to the other thing. Uh, 3,003 COVID cases and eight deaths in the last, this, this is for today. Illinois is bright red on this map now, bright red because of the variant, I'm assuming. But we are bright red uh, now with all of the craziness with this doggone Delta variant, whichever variant it is we got going on. Uh, I am, I don't know what to say. I know there's a bunch of people who are, uh, uh, there are a bunch of people who still are not uh, vaccinated. I'm not pushing it either way. It's your own, that's your choice. That's your choice. That's your health. Uh, you're not going to get an argument out of me. Um, either way, uh, I, I tell people to do, you know, I, I, I give people, you know, you, you, it's, it's again, it may not be what other people want, you know, do it when you ready. I know people saying this, you know, people call this stuff selfish. And I, 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 I'll say this. I, I know some people who, um, who, um, we're really going after some people for not taking the vaccine or whatever. And I saw some posts talking about, well, y'all all of a sudden, you know, y'all eat all kind of junk and you don't care about the ingredients in that. But now all of a sudden you care about, 
the ingredients in um, in in the vaccine. I, I get the, the 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 attempt at an illustration or an analogy trying to compare the two, but you know somebody eating hot Cheetos <laughs> versus taking the vaccine is two separate things. Somebody eating them doggone what's them nasty things them kids eat takis, whatever it is. Somebody eating that mess. Yes, I know they're bad for you, but you know, when it's something that, that, that people don't, that you're injecting into somebody's bloodstream, uh, again, yes, I, I, I'm not going to go either. I tell people, do it at your, do it when you're ready. Uh, that's what I'll say again. Do it when you're ready uh, and, 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 and just make sure your family and everybody is safe. That's all I got. Uh, Michael said, I didn't go to church. I had to work. Okay, I understand, sir. Uh, elect lady, I see you. Sister Pitt says, Luke 11, 8, 9, hin- oh, that's right, hindrance. I saw the, the, um, I saw the artwork for it on the page. Hindrance in the hallway. Huh? Luke 8 and 9. Let me see what Luke 8 and 9 say. Hindrance in the hallway. Let me look that up real quick. Luke, the gospel. The gospel of, why didn't it come up when I clicked that? Now, what in the world did I just do? Okay, Luke 8 and 9. Oh, there it is. Luke 8 and 9. Let me go. Let me go. Let me get that back. Come on. Work with me. Work with me. Work with me. Oh, that's why I didn't want to work. Luke 8 9. I just put 11, 8, 9 like it was going to just give me Luke automatically. All right. Luke 8 and 9 says, I say unto you. Though he will not rise and give him because he is a friend, yet because of his imp- what is that? Oh, importunity? What word is that? Importunity. I've never seen that before in my life. Because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Can we get the message version so we can help the people out? Let me get the message version of that. Uh, Luke 8 and 9 in the message. Let's go. Let's go. Message Bible says it like this. Message Bible says, come on, give it to us in the message. Very kindly. Uh, But let me tell you, even if he won't get up because he's a friend, if you stand your ground knocking and waking all the neighbors, he'll finally get up and you'll get what you need. Here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. I'm going to have to go and check that out. Uh, I'm going to have to go and check out y'all. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to go check that out and, and, and see uh, what the hindrance in the hallway. Hmm. I checked it out. Angela says, great love, great works, outreach, international message was he's got the whole world in his hands, Psalm 6, 7, 1, and 6. He talked about us snarling at folks who don't talk like us, walk like us, praise, or even bless God like us, yet God is the God of all nations. We need to do better. Ah, oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, all right. Sister Pitt says, chapter 11, yep, I got it, I got it. Yep, Michael says, I hear the Lord saying, the virus will take you out before a cheeseburger will. Touch your name. <laughs> the cheeseburger, though. Huh? Don't get me started, y'all know it. Don't y'all don't get me distracted. But ain't nothing like a good cheeseburger. We need to go. I need to go. We need to go to that place with the, where they where they serve the burgers on the uh, on the on the uh, on the board thing. Yeah, good burger, medium, still moving. It's the only way to eat it. <laughs> y'all well done. People need Jesus. Anyway, the man, look, Jesus is alive. So so must my burger be. Huh? 
some glory to him. I wish I had some help. <laughs> y'all want y'all y'all want y'all y'all steaks and burgers to be in the ground for three days. <laughs> Elect they said, Yeah, hindrance in the hallway. What is your hindrance on your way to Jesus? You run well, but what did hinder you? What's in the hallway? Oh, okay. Now I see. I see. I see. I see. I got it. I got it now. Thank you. Help a brother out. I was a little slow on the uptake on that one, but I got it now. I, I like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, anybody else? Now, it's 80 of y'all on here. I ain't had nothing but two check-ins. 80 of y'all that I could see, because some of y'all be on here, and y'all just be watching and don't say nothing. I know some of y'all just watching to see what I'm going to say. That's all right, too. I love you anyway. You'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, 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 am, I am hopeful. I am prayerful. Um, that, you know, it, it, this, this virus thing is, is weird. I saw a, a thing this morning talking about, um, what is the article, what is the thing we saw that said they were talking about kids uh, being socially uh, and emotionally disengaged or something like that, mm-hmm. that we saw earlier. And they're saying that because the schools were out, that kids, have, so, some kids, some kids uh, have socially and emotionally withdrawn because they weren't able. And I guess, you know, I understand because of not being able to see some of their friends in school, but I think for parents, and I say this with grown with with with, with grown kids and 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 uh, uh, and, and teenagers, uh, with, uh, almost young adult teenagers, uh, there are there as a parent, you got to you got to fill in those gaps, right? You can't if you you know you can't leave your kid to. I know it's easy to say, but we it's easy when to leave our kids to video games and Fortnite and 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 TikTok and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I I want to get I want to get uh uh. Well, I, I got the gist of it. Go ahead. So the gist of it is this. Like, I got I know, yours, I Angela. Know. Yes. Uh huh. No, I tell Angela I got her. She's out this here checking in. Oh um. Mm-hmm. So I understand because you because you're gonna say you know it's, it's the parents. I totally got that, but at the same time, it was eight hours of the parents. Mm-hmm. They were at work too. Mm-hmm. and everything True. and so and so they couldn't really engage with their with their kids mm-hmm. and everything else like that and then you like you know for the ones that had to go off you know go off to work their kids were left to 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 be um you know on their devices mm-hmm. and everything else like that and with the lack of because you know they're talking about the cognitive and the social mm-hmm. and everything else like that you also have the issue. That's why, like, you know, the, the uptick and the 25%, not uptick, but the increase in um, in food allowance and everything because, you know, still at this point, housing was still scarce. Mm-hmm. Uh, hunger was still there. So, like, you know, I, I mean, the best thing that happened for some kids who, who did not have food and who always depended on that meal mm-hmm. from the school was that, like, you know, thank God the sl- supplemental income of, of EBT came in and everything else like that. And they just kept gradually giving, and they, like I said, they're giving the 25% increase for the next, you know, for the next couple of years and everything else like that. So the parents could not really be engaged because once, once they were off work and everything else like that, or once the kid was out of school, sort of say, and everything else like that, everybody decided to have some downtime. So, I mean, it was a, it was a tug of war mm-hmm. from, I mean, I, you know, coming from, you know, coming from a, a parent, like, you know, I mean, like, I mean, coming from myself, like I would see my daughter, but I didn't see her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And it was hard, and like you know, it's, it was hard to be engaged. And even now, it's like coming back together to be engaged again and everything. Because you know, she's going one way, and I'm going, I'm going the other. Mm-hmm. And like you know, and, and it's a hard thing to, to um, you know, like I, I, like like please don't blame the parent. Like you know, no, no, don't I'm, let this be I'm, a rant about. No, no, I'm not gonna parent. rant on the parent. I'm saying that. If you're paying close enough, it, it's one thing when your kid is out of your sight for six, seven hours a day at school. I get that. But they, the parents were working. Their kids were on a on on a yeah, the on pa- a device. Right. They were on a device. And right. everything I'm else. saying when when it was time to turn off the Zoom and it was uh 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 oh Angela had to switch. Okay. Uh, I'm saying when I when I when it was time to turn off the Zoom. And when the parent was logged off their Zoom, because they were probably at work working from home as well, you, I, I'm, I'm, and again, it's easy to say I'm, I'm doing some Monday morning quarterbacking over here, so it's easy to say what you know. But it's, I guess my question is, if you, because because little kids will say what's wrong, you know, adult kids, a teenagers ain't gonna say too much. They just you know withdraw. But little kids will say, I miss my friend. I want to play with Johnny. I want to do this and do that. You know, so so you know, at some point. Do you reach out and try to make a connection with another parent? Do you, and even with the schools, even with the schools, uh, because all of that class time, I hear you because I see you, because all that class time was spent in class, you know, you almost wish that the schools had set up something, and this is hindsight now, 2020, especially for the younger kids, where you just open up the Zoom room and you let the kids just talk and have fun and talk to each other and play and do what they, you know what I'm saying, just to give them that that moment of, 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 of freeness, because I know we didn't have time. Everything was, okay, go to the next class. Next teacher going to log in. Next teacher going to log in. Go to your next, click the next link, click the next link. And there was never a time for, there was never a letdown time because it was time for lunch. Everybody logged off and that was it. We didn't see our kids anymore. Now we had, they were supposed to come back for um, closing circle or, or what was the other thing? Uh, uh, we had a thing we did afterwards. I forgot what it was called. When I work study, but uh, when they used to log back in at two o'clock, I forgot what that was called. Okay. But yeah, that check in or something. Something we did, but yeah, but it was like come back in, you know, afterwards. But you talking know. to parents, yes, that have younger kids than mm-hmm. my seventeen-year-old <laughs> and everything else like that, they said it was hard. You you saw it on TV. You yeah. saw it on TV with the with the one that works with Prisker, the um, the black lady and the uh, other lady mm-hmm. as well. The, the black lady isolated her kids because, and then I've, I've talked to people. I literally have talked to people. And I, I remember one parent saying it was hard to, like, you know, you know, cause, cause she has a younger daughter, mm-hmm. you know, to get, you know, ha, you know, having her socialized because you want those people to have their kids vaccinated and everything else like that. Or you want to see like, okay, so like how y'all, like how y'all live, like right. how y'all living and everything else like that. So like, you know, we, and and like you said, you know, I know you Sunday driving about this whole thing and everything. Um, everybody's schedule is not seven to four. So True. there were some parents who did. You, you saw them, the ones that were, you know, um, that sat by their kids to help them. And, you know, they tried their best and everything else like that. But sometimes they should have started at 12. Yeah. So at eight, calls yeah. in a person and everything yeah. else from home. And so so we're just now getting back into you know, you know, we we're just not getting back into the game. Like you know, um, these these pee wee footballs are starting back up. Everybody, you know, so so we're getting back there. Like, cheer, I saw my daughter do. Hey, how were you the captain cheerleading <laughs> from the Zoom? How does that work? 
I don't know. <laughs> How does that work? I, don't know. I know what you're saying. You said yeah. open up the Zoom. Yeah. They, you they know, did Ignatius it. Ignatius did that. They opened up the Zoom and they practiced. You know, you saw with freedom. They practiced I via think, a Zoom. I think it would help. I think it would have. It, it would have helped in some cases. Now, I mean, you just, you have to have some kind. Somebody has to be in there to moderate to make sure ain't nothing crazy going on. But what would be, I guess, you know, hindsight 2020, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm doing Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacking over here after the, after the game over. I'm telling you what you should have did. Uh, but it probably would have been great for those kindergartners, first, second, and third graders to just have the Zoom open after school was out or physically do your recess, you know, do your recess on Zoom. Let them, hey, stay on, stay on. If you want to stay, like, give them the option. Say, you know, we're going to leave the room open for an hour. And we'll be here. You know, the teacher can, you know, y'all can go and do that. We're going to play a game. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We'll figure out something. Because there was a lot of stuff we learned how to play. I, there were certain games that, you know, some weird digital games that you could physically play on the computer. What I'm saying is, is that I, I get it. Um, I just think that at some point you can't say, uh, you know, everything can't be blamed back on the teacher. That's what I'm saying. Back on the no, school. No, nobody closed. blamed it on the teacher. No, that's was, what the it, article, it, that's it what the study, it was a study. Yeah. They, they did not want to say anything about the teacher. I can read the article. They just said cognitive and social. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with teachers. It, it, it was not one, it was not one piece of blame, okay. you know, put on the teachers. It was just saying, you have been cooped up <laughs> and everything <laughs> else like that. So all you, like, you know, and, and, and it was bad for some kids who who suffer abuse and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, because their, their getaway is those, are those eight hours, you know, at school, and like, you know, where somebody, you know, where they're finding some some, um, some quiet time with somebody not yelling at them mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. not having to take care like what about the kids who have to take care of siblings and everything else like that and they couldn't even be that teenager you know still mm-hmm. so i mean like you know I, I i read the article like i looked it up they're not they're not blaming teachers got it got it all right y'all in other news in other news in weird news i don't know if i'm starting doing weird news but i kind of like weird news but in the weird story of the day i saw this this morning on good morning america and i'm reading this now from cnn's website uh, it was updated at 429. Did you all hear about the family of three and the dog? <laughs> the family of three and the dog that were found dead at Yosemite hiking on uh, on a trail near Yosemite National Park in California. It says the mystery surrounding the death of a couple, their baby, and the family dog found hiking near a trail near Yosemite National Park is deepening after autopsies yielded no immediate clues as to what caused their deaths. It says the bodies of Jonathan, J- Jonathan Garish, Ellen Chung, their one-year-old daughter, Miju, and the family dog, Oxy, were found by search and rescue workers Tuesday in a remote area of Sierra National Forest near the South Fork of Merced River, according to the Mariposa uh, County Sheriff's Office. They have been reported missing on Monday night. Investigators are still considering an array of possible causes from toxic algae reported in the nearby Merced River uh, to noxious gases from an abandoned mine near the trail. Sheriff spokesperson Christy Michelle, uh, Kristen Mitchell told CNN. I, that was like the weirdest story ever. I'm waiting to hear, you know. Now, I had my suspicions. I don't want to start nothing because I don't want to get banned from Facebook for talking about nothing. But, um, you know, I, I that's straight, this, this something straight out the... Um, out the X Files, <laughs> or or uh, what's that channel? The ID channel. 
this is something straight off of uh, unsolved, unsolved mysteries. Thank you, unsolved mysteries. I mean, like that was the unsolved mystery sound, wasn't it? That one. It probably was. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I don't want unsolved mystery coming after me for nothing. Now. Don't, don't come retching around over here. But uh, <laughs> I, did y'all did y'all hear about that story? That that was a little that was a little bit much. I was a little. I'm like, wait a minute, what is what is going on with that? Uh, big S multiple. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, so 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 I am I am uh that that thing got me a little bit. I I didn't really know what that was about. Uh, but it is it it is a little bit um a little bit crazy. Uh, I want to keep the prayers lifted up for Reverend uh, Jesse Jackson and his wife. They are both in the hospital with COVID nineteen, even though they were both. What? On the news, they said she did not have the shot. Oh. She does not. Okay, let me look. Let me read the article here. Yeah. Reverend Jesse and his wife, Jacqueline, remain hospitalized with COVID-19 Monday in North Lesmore Hospital. Several local church leaders gathered at the hospital Monday morning to pray for the Reverend Jackson and his wife asking for healing. Um, Johnson, Zach, Johnson Jackson, son of Reverend Jesse and Jacqueline, shared an update on his parents' condition. Uh, she had been real lethargic with flu-like symptoms, went to the hospital Friday, he said. Then it was diagnosed that she and my dad both had contracted COVID. According to uh, the family, the couple is now resting comfortably and responding positively to treatment. She is having some oxygen, but is able to function and breathe on her own without a respirator. Jonathan said nothing severe because of her age and her current health. It is more challenging. Reverend Jackson, who's 79, was fully vaccinated back in January. Okay, receiving two doses of Pfizer vaccine. Uh, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2017. Uh, a spokesperson for Rainbow Push says Jacqueline Jackson, who is 77, is not vaccinated. Yep. Wow. A small press circle was held outside Northwest Memorial Hospital Monday afternoon. They shared gratitude and hopes others would join them in a national day of prayer for the Jacksons. Interesting. See, there you go. Back to the back to the whole thing, man. You know, eat like, look, sometimes I know a couple of my coworkers. Uh, because some of some of the people in their house had health challenges, uh, that's why they got the vaccine, not because they wanted to, but they said there are people in my household that I can't afford to let them get sick, so that's why they went and got the virus. So I mean, you know, I, I guess it's one of those. Uh, the shot. I'm sorry, the shot. Thank you. Why keep saying virus instead of vaccine? Thank you. Um, but that's why a lot of people did go and get it because they were more concerned about their the people they were more concerned about the people around them uh than than necessarily than than for themselves so um you know I, we definitely want to keep them lifted up uh keep them lifted up in prayer did I miss anything anything else happened in the news today i didn't I didn't see any more uh, did, was there any more church check ins Angela I got yours and faith works and vision I got yours. Uh, again, it's nine, nine. At one point, it was 13, 14 y'all on here. Now it's nine of y'all, and I haven't gotten any more church check-ins. I'm going to give y'all another minute or two. Uh, church check-in. What church did you attend, whether it was online or whatever, doesn't matter. What church did you attend? Who preached? What was the sermon title? And what was the scripture that was used? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Come on, let the people know. I want to know, know where you, where y'all, where y'all worshiping at, where y'all worshiping at. Uh, Tanya, watch this. Put Tanya on the spot. Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> she said, yeah. What was yesterday's sermon title here at the Ebenezer? Rebuilding the walls. Rebuilding the walls. Rebuilding the walls. What the scripture was? Give me one second. Let me. Uh-huh. Let me look. I'm not looking at nothing. Lose, so just... Use your Holy Ghost mind. Shh. Wait, wait, wait. 
it was something mm-hmm. four. Uh-huh. Come on, you got it. It was six to fifteen, but ah, that's the four six to fifteen. But brother read sixteen. You did. Did I read sixteen? Yes, you did. I went, I was tired of reading. That was a lot of scripture. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I went and checked my phone and everything. Yeah. But where did he come from? I forget. Wait a minute. Don't don't let me forget. Nehemiah. There it is. What's my cousin name? Yeah. <laughs> Nehemiah four six through fifty. I did read sixteen now as you mentioned it. I was looking like that's not, like this is not gonna find me. You can't do that. <laughs> I was look. I I forgot when to stop and I highlighted it, but I think I highlighted it too far because what I do is mm-hmm. I highlight the start and the stop, and I must my finger must have got you know a little oh. extra. Because I do it in my, I, don't, I use either my phone or the iPad. So I highlight it so I know where to start I, and where to stop. Because then I didn't have 16 to put up. Oh, well, you know, well, 16. you know, I read a little, little extra word ain't going to hurt nobody. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> little extra words. Ain't... <laughs> so I know they probably thought that girl over there messing up. Probably, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I did what I was supposed to do. You know, I always do a little bit extra. <laughs> extra, extra. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, anyway, anyway, I am, uh, yeah, so that was yesterday's sermon, um, rebuilding the walls, Nehemiah 4, 6 through 15, Nehemiah 4, 6 through 15, Pastor Daryl in person, uh, preached that sermon on yesterday. Uh, yeah, you know how you can't get distracted, have folk getting you distracted while you on the wall. You can't be dealing with all the foolery while you on the wall. Get somewhere and sat down. You see me working, huh? Well, that's that's me paraphrasing. Put your hips in a seat and shit. To, oh, let me stop that. He didn't say that, but I did. Um, <laughs> get somewhere and sat down. Uh, anyway, that was the sermon on on yesterday here at the birthplace of gospel music. Um, did we miss anything? Did we miss anything? I don't think so. And nothing else in the news. Nothing. Nothing else crazy going on. Nothing that I that I thought I was supposed to say. Let me think. Um, no, I don't think we missed nothing. All right, sister, we gonna do it is uh, we on we we, we gonna be early tonight. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. No, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm going to do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Somebody tag Prophet Cornelius Williams in this post. If you're watching on Facebook, wherever it is right now, y'all know the Prophet Cornelius Williams. Uh, tag him. Let me see if I can do. It. All y'all tag him. Uh, right now in this post, Cornelius Williams, uh, and then he has a, uh, I don't know if I follow his Bishop Designate page. Uh, I, don't need, I don't think I have that one. Um, oh, there it is right there. I'm going to tag, uh, y'all tag him real quick, and let me see it pop up in the commentary. Uh, tag him real quick in this post. Uh, that was a good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tag him in this post, uh, real quick. I'm about to debut Prophet. Y'all know Prophet Cornelius Williams. He's been on the show. Actually, he was a part of the, what was the name of his, uh, it wasn't Coffee with a Prophet. That was another show. But he had a show for a hot minute on our network. And I cannot think of the name of it to save my life right now. Y'all pray, pray, pray for my brain because I'm going to find it real quick. Uh, but, uh, he has a new, uh, uh, CD out or a new single out, uh, CD to come later. Uh, but he has a new CD out and or a new single out rather, and it's simple and it's simply called simply called. Can I not? Oh wait. Um, I can't 
can't spell. Uh, but he has a brand new single out, and it's simply called "Simply Called Ain't Worried." Ain't Worried is a brand new. That's I think that's the name of the album. It's called "Ain't Worried," and the single itself is called "Ain't Worried." It's a live. I, I'm assuming it's a live album. We're gonna have him on at some point. Uh, uh, when we can get him in here. Uh, but he has a brand new single out, and we're gonna play it right now for y'all. We played it at the opening when we were, we were getting ready to get started. Uh, we're gonna give y'all all of it right now and then we're gonna come back and jump into uh our conversation uh for oh it's called the gospel living show that's what it was it was called the gospel living show that was that was his show uh back two years ago january two years ago the gospel living show uh with prophet cornelius williams um that was the show uh but you all can check it out right now so we're gonna do this real quick uh, we're going to get get his song queued up. Y'all ready for this? Uh, the song is simply entitled. Did y'all did y'all get him? Did y'all get him? Let me see. Is he is he is he uh, did y'all tag him in there yet? I tagged him. I didn't see if anybody else tagged him, uh, but I tagged him in here. Uh, but we're going to see if and when we get him in here. But prophets, prophets, prophet, or should I say bishop designate? Uh <laughs> Cornelius Williams has his brand new single out. It's called Ain't Worried. We're going to give y'all some of that right now. Be right back, y'all. T-Cellar Radio. I got to say the band is bad. The band is bad now. Did he give you everything that you need? Then why do you sit there like it's not coming? Like he needs you and you don't need him. You breathe, you breathe, and the very rush of blood through your veins, through your veins. When you lay down, let's see. Didn't he raise you up again? In your right mind, yes, Lord, and allow you to move into a brand new day. He put food, he put food on your table, yes, he did, and he put shoes on your children's feet. Ain't worried, you never do anything but say nothing with me. Uh-uh. Cause I shouldn't have to remind you of a thing God has done for you. Can you help me say, yeah, ain't worried about it. Ain't worried about it. You never fool, you never fool. Oh, Lord. 
Cornelius Williams. Some of y'all might know him as the Episcopal Vicar. Others might know him as Prophet Cornelius or Pastor Cornelius. But the CD just simply says Cornelius Williams and it's entitled Ain't Worried. Huh? This band though my God. Don't be too cute. Don't be too proud. Woo. Woo. Can we turn it again? Can we turn it again? Yes. Yeah. Look here, y'all. That band is a beast. I'm, I'm liking this. We didn't have some good music on here lately. Look, folk, I know too. I need to know who these band members are, cause we looking for some recruiters. I'm trying to recruit. I gotta rebuild a TTLO band. <laughs> My God. Yes. 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 
My, 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 my. The song is simply entitled, Ain't Worried. Huh? What? 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 Come on. Come through, prophet. Come through. Come through. Look here. Ain't worried. Look, that band is y'all know I like I like live music. Y'all know I do. I have a I have a I have an affinity for good live from let me let me correct myself for good live music i see my brother on here what's up uh brother eric kirk bless you man bless you bless you um good live just talk about good music and he popped up i like good live <laughs> good live music man it, it just does something for me that band oh them horns i need to can we get some horns is that in the budget yep budget for horns. no we don't have a budget <laughs> the spirit of no is real strong <laughs> We can't get we can't get one horn. Please make all your requests um, <laughs> via uh, email or a letter. Thank you, and I will pick it over. <laughs> oh, you saying people can apply? You can you, you can apply for oh. Luxy, but you you know I need to know why. Why why you want to play a horn? Yeah, why do we need horns? Why do we need horns? For the band. You need a band. Yes. <laughs> We need a, I need a horn section. At least let me get like a, I don't need a three-piece horn section. I need a, I need a trumpet. No. Hold on. I need a trumpet, a saxophone, and a trombone. That's what I need. So That's you, what I need. So you want, so you want t-shirts? You want to sing? Well, yeah. I, I really want to sing now because, you know, if you give me a band like that, I, I, I believe I can get one out. That, they, they look here. And you, now you want huh? a band. Band. I'm gonna need you to pick. Arsenio had a band. Well, Arsenio wasn't trying to sing though. But he had a band though. So would you have you have equated your show to the Arsenio Hall show? <laughs> you know the, the 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 shade. No, I'm just asking you. <laughs> no, I wasn't being. I, was, I felt some shade. No, I gotta do. I, I gotta I, do what I, I gotta do before somebody make a play. So I, let me know. I felt the. Spirit of, of hold on, please, let the shade fly past. Hold on. I asked you, the things that you want. I felt the shade. let me know which one is the top one. Well, you know, I really, you know, I'm really trying to get my. I need you to t-shirt model these shirts because of uh, that I've gotten. Oh, well, you ain't, you know, okay, I'm going to start wearing I'm going to wearing you to wear your shirt I'm going to start wearing I'm going to start wearing my shirt. I'm going to start modeling my shirt. I'm going to start modeling my shirt. So y'all can order y'all some shirts. My bad. I'm going to start. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Um, <laughs> what? These are my originals. These are originals. These are originals. Help the whale. <laughs> <laughs> W-E-L-L, not W-H-A-L-E. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, he said Alex Johnson Sr. did some good producing on that song. Man, look here. That thing sound that thing sound real real. Like, did they have a live band in the studio for that? Or did, was that from? Well, we talk about the secrets later because that it sounded real real good, real real, real real good. But I, I'm telling you right now, I just need you know a nice little band. We ain't, they ain't got to be here all the time. I just need them here one time. Can we just get a band for one show? Is that doable? Yeah, it's doable. We can get a one show band. Uh-huh. We can get a one. Okay, so that's what we gonna work on. I'm coming in with my gazoo. With your, with your kazoo. Yep. Really? And, and 
and some symbols on my knees. Really? Um, That's what? And an accordion. <laughs> I'm going to be your whole band. That's what you're doing. You... <laughs> That's what you... <laughs> What, that's, what, that's what you own. Just pick up the pieces. <laughs> Ooh, that's why we. That's what you own. I just can't. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Oh wow, y'all! I tried to get a band, y'all, but you know it just ain't gonna look like it ain't gonna work out. But if y'all know some people, let me do it like this. You know what we can do? We can open up for a spot. If you are aspiring group or band, and you're trying to be heard, you're a gospel band and you have not been heard or anything you can come right on over here to the ttlo media group i got every i got all the instruments and everything for you you can come in here and you can play i got a motif eight sitting upstairs just collecting dust it's all good and refurbished and just sitting there waiting on somebody to tickle the keys we can get all the stuff set up and you can come over here and you could be the permanent band for the ticket for the ticket the taking the limits off radio show that's what i'm talking about you know, and that'd be, I think that'd be a, a wonderful thing. And then give me a, uh, you know, and then let me, and then, and then we can write a song. I got some songwriters out there. Eric, do you write music? You write a song. Don't you write me a theme? Don't say I want to write us a theme song. I can't find the original one. Picking up the crowd. I got to find it somewhere in there. <laughs> I got to find the original theme song. Check your Dropbox. It's in there somewhere. Yeah, it is in there somewhere. Uh, I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to get me, uh, get a little something. Anyway, y'all look, we got this, <laughs> we got this good article. We got this good article, uh, simply entitled 10 reasons why small church tends to stay small. 10 reasons why small church tends to stay small. Y'all ready for this? 10 reasons, 10 reasons why small church tends to stay small. Here we go. So the writer, the writer, let me give you let me give you a little background on the writer. We've done his um um we've done his ours before. The writer is Joe McKeever. Joe McKeever is uh has been a preacher for nearly sixty years, a pastor for forty two, and a cartoonist and writer for Christian publications all of his adult life. Uh he's from Ridgeland, Mississippi. Huh? <laughs> Down in Mississippi. He's from Ridgeland. Mississippi. So again, I like using art writers of articles who've been doing this for years because they're, they're they're using it based off of their own Christian walk and their own experience and their teachings and everything else. So that's why I love using their uh, using their uh, material, their material. So let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. The writer says this. He says, he says, 10 reasons why a small church tends to stay small. He says, first, an explanation or two, then a definition. He says, I know more uh, about getting a small church to grow than large ones. He said, I pastored three of them, and only the first of the three did not grow. He says, I was fresh out of college, untrained, inexperienced, and clueless about what I was doing. He says, the next two grew well, and even though I remained at each only some three years, uh, one almost doubled and the other nearly tripled in attendance and ministries. He says, by using the word grow, I do not mean numbers for numbers, uh, for numbers sake. He says, I do not subscribe to the fallacy that bigness is good uh, and small churches are failures. What I mean by grow is reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you reach them and start new churches, your local church may not expand numerically, but it is most definitely growing. 
Mm-hmm. He says, if you're located in a town that is losing population and your church manages to stay the same size, you're probably growing, i.e. you're reaching new people for the Lord. He says, these are simply my observations as to why a stagnant, ungrowing small churches tend to stay small, tend to stay that way. He says, so I send it forth hoping to plant some seed in the imagination of a pastor or other leaders who will be used of the Lord to do great things in a small church. Mm. Y'all ready? It's going to get good. I can tell already. He says, I frequently quoted Francis Schaeffer, who said, there are no small churches and no big preachers. I like that, but it's not entirely true. He says, we've seen churches made up of just a few people and stymied by a lack of vision and devotion to the status quo. Uh-oh. And here and there, we may encounter a preacher with the world, of, with the world on his heart and the wisdom of the ages on his lips that, for my money, is a big preacher. But that is not about being such a preacher. This is not about being that kind of preacher. We're concerned with not being one of those churches. So here we go. Ten reasons. Y'all ready? Ten reasons why a small church tends to stay small. Now, remind you, remind you, when we talk about small churches, we're not talking about uh, uh, the size of the building. Because, see, some of us have large churches and got small people, small-minded thinking, small-mindedness, all of that. Uh, We're talking about small churches. Here we go. Number one, the number one reason, number one reason, 10 reasons why small churches tend to stay small. Number one says wanting to stay a small church. They want to stay a small church. The writer says, he says, we like our church just the way it is now. Uh Uh-oh. We like our church just the way it is now. The writer says this, While that attitude usually goes unspoken, it might not even be recognized by its carriers. Mm -hmm. He says uh, it's widespread in many churches. The proof is the proof of it is it's seen in how the leaders and the congregation reject new ideas and freeze out new people. Oh, God, can I read that again? The proof that you want to stay small is how the leaders and the congregation reject ideas and freeze out. New people. I feel like I need to say it one more time for the Holy Ghost. The proof <laughs> on why churches stay small is because they want to freeze out, uh, they, they want to reject new ideas and freeze out new people. I wish I had some help. This is what the writer says. The process of rejecting newcomers is a subtle one, never as overt as snubbing them. They will be greeted and chatted with and handed a printed bulletin, but they will be excluded as clearly as if they were, as I once, the only man in the room of sorority women at a state university. He says, I was an invited guest about to bring the message to them. They couldn't have been nicer, but alas, they did not invite me to join. Mm. He says, Bob's class is meeting this week over at Tom and Edna's. Come and bring a covered dish. The youth will have a fellowship tonight at Eddie Joe's. We're serving pizza, and you don't want to miss it. Unless you know who Bob, Tom, and Edna, and Eddie, and Joe are and where they live, you're out of luck. Y'all stay with me now. Pastors who want to include newcomers and first-timers and things should use full names from the pulpit. Says, I'll ask Bob Evans to come to the pulpit and lead us in prayer. This allows newcomers to learn who people are. For those who need directions to Eddie Joe's house or whatever, let me tell you where he lives, whatever, whatever. Raise your hand, Eddie Joe. He'll give you directions to his house. No one can promise that if a church wants to grow, it will. However, I can guarantee you 
that if it doesn't, it won't. Here's the deal, and I agree with this wholeheartedly. Some churches want to stay. They want, they, they want to stay where they can have a semblance of ownership. And they feel like if an if a extra 200 people come in here, my semblance of ownership goes away. So they feel like I have to keep my hand, because here's the deal. If you got a church with three, 400 people in it, then you ain't got this one person with his or her hands in every ministry. I ain't going to get no help. I know that I'm going to step on a toe or two, but that's all right. But but again, 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 if you have a church, if you have a church with 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 just a, a handful of people, then all of those people, all of those people, come on now, all of those people are 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 are, are in everything. You got a person that's you got you got a, a, a usher that's a trustee. You got a trustee that's in the choir. You got a choir member that's in the in the evangelism team. You got another choir member that's on outreach. You got this and they, and they stretched out beyond means. But if you have two three hundred people, now it, now now you have a, a a a more diverse. Come on now, you have a more diverse group. Because truth be told, yeah, just because you can do everything at the church doesn't mean you should do everything at the church. I wish I could get some help. (sighs) Huh? Just because you can does not mean you should. So so if you want to keep that mentality of, of, ah, well, we have to do this, we have to do that. If, If do the one thing you do well. Now, here's the problem with small churches. What we find out in small churches is a lot of folk that one of the one things that people do real well is raise hell. And what will happen is when you get a whole lot of folk at your church, the hell raisers have a tendency to disappear. I wish I had some help. Let me say that differently. The hell raisers voices are no longer as loud. I can't get no help. See, when you got a whole bunch of folk working, coming in to do kingdom work. The ones that just sit back and talk about everything and everybody, their voices no longer sound that loud. But see, when it's only 25 or 30 of us and your loud, ignorant <clears throat> self is uh, start talking, we, we, we hear that. We hear that real quick because you're small. This is, and again, this is small-minded thinking. All right, y'all, let's, uh, let, me, let me keep it going. Let me keep it going. I'm trying not to, get, I'm trying not to stay in no trouble tonight. Uh, why small churches tend to stay small? Number two, number two, uh-oh. Help us, Jesus. <laughs> Let me say it like Sister Stanson say. Help us, Jesus. <laughs> She's, uh, number two says, a quick, turnaround, a quick turnover of pastors. Uh-oh. A quick turnover of pastors. Help me, Holy Ghost. The writer says this. A retired pastor. Somebody tag Joe McKeever in this and see if he, I found him on Facebook. Uh, 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 a retired pastor who has served his last church some 30 years was supplying for uh, small congregations south of New Orleans. That week he told me on a discovery he made. He says, on Sunday afternoon, no one invited me to their home. So I had several hours to kill before the evening service. In the church office, I was reading their history and discovered that in their nearly 50 years of existence, They've had 22 pastors. Hey! 50 years, 22 pastors. 
That's like a pastor every two years. What you saying over there? Right, your mic on. I'm just waiting on you. Oh. There you go. So they might as well do the college speech. <laughs> look to your left. Look to your right. Uh-huh. Look towards the front because he won't be here no more. <laughs> yeah. In 50 years of existence, they had 22 pastors. He was aghast. He says, think of that, he said. If they had been around, if they had around six months between pastors, that means the average tenure was less than two years. He was quiet a moment, then said they didn't have pastors. They had preachers. Wow. He says it takes at least, here we go. I just said it to somebody else. I just had this conversation with somebody else. It takes at least a couple of years or more to become the real deal for a church. A pastor in more than name only, one who has earned the right to lead the congregation. With larger churches, the time period is more like six years. He says, again, no one will promise you that keeping a pastor a long time guarantees the church will grow. But I can assure you that having a succession of short-term pastors will prevent it from growing as surely as you took a vote for the congregation to reject all expansion. Let me say this. I said this the other day, um, and, 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 and I, I think it, it, it needs to go unsaid. A lot of people come into uh, uh, here's the difference between pastoring and supervising or managing, right? When I was, when you were, when you manage in the corporate world and they bring you in, whether they bring you in from the outside or whether you're promoted from within, you become those people's manager the day you show up. You're now the person who signs the time card. Come on now. Uh, uh, uh-oh, Sheldon Wilson, I got you. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to you. I saw your question. Here is, here is, here is, so here's the deal. In the secular world, that supervisor becomes your supervisor instantly. So now when you got to call off from work, that's the person you call. When you got to ask for your, get your vacation approved, that's the person who it is. Day one, there's no, there's no warm-up period. Uh, 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 there's no warm-up period. There's, there's no, there is no, um, um, uh, no, 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 there, there's no grace period. That person becomes your supervisor the day they walk in the door, whatever company you work for, whoever they hire on, whether you like them or not. Let's, let's bring it back to churches. Churches are different, right? You become the pastor of the church, but it takes a while before those people uh, 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 trust you as pastor. See, they ain't got to never trust you as their supervisor, their manager. But, but, you, but they still have to come to you and, 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 and uh, 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 you know, ask you for time off, call in if they ain't going to be there and do all of that. Churches are different. When you become a pastor of a church, I don't care if you were pulled in from the outside or if you were homegrown, it does not matter. When you take that position, it takes some time because watch, because people don't know you, right? Because watch this, watch this. Would you walk up to, if you are a, think about it like this, think about it like this. And I know some pastors are very egotistical, so I'm going to need y'all to like put your, put your arrogance in your pocket for a minute. We don't walk up to perfect strangers most of the time and ask them to pray for us. We normally ask people to pray for us 
whom we know, whom we trust, have a good relationship with God, or and, and such, right? Think about this. Here comes a brand new pastor in the door. Now, you don't know him. Maybe you voted for him, him or her. Maybe you didn't. But you don't know them. So you're not going to immediately come in. Now, some folks just do the most. But that person ain't going to walk in the door and you rather say, okay, a uh, uh, pastor, pray for me. Because you don't know their spiritual walk. You don't know their connection to God. I know what the resume say. I know what the bio say. But you don't know their spiritual walk with God. But, it, but if, if, if Brother Sheldon, I use you for example. If I've known Sheldon Wilson for 15 years, I don't know him like that. But if I've known him for 15 years and I know his Christian walk and I know how he talks to God and how he walks with God, then yes, I can go to Sheldon Wilson to pray for him before I go to some guy that just walked some guy or some girl that just walked in the door because he or she got a job. It takes some time. I know the article is saying something. You know, the article is, is going, we're talking about something different, but it takes some time. So a lot of times we have to, we have to, 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 to put our egos aside. Yes, titles are titles, right? But as far as, it's, it's just like, you know, I said, I said this before. For, in, in 2016, the person who was elected to president of the United States was Donald J. Trump. How many of y'all will say he was your president, your president? You'll say what? He was the president of the United States. That didn't mean he was that because some now, now if you voted for him and, and all of that, then yes, he was your president. We have to, we have to, we have to stop being so, so, so caught up on I'm this and I'm that. Well, you know, you, you, but, yeah, you are entitled. What about indeed? Huh? Watch this. Watch this. Jesus called himself teacher. Now, 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 some of the apostles called him, the disciples called him master, but he was teacher. It takes a while. That's just like with a mentor. Somebody brand new comes in. If, if, I jo- if, if your child joins a, 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 a boys and girls club, that, that person who, that person's not automatically their mentor. Why? Because they haven't done what? They have to put in the work. You have to put in the work to become somebody's mentor. Yeah, you got the job, and, you, and that's your title at the job, mentor. That's your title at the job. You are a mentor. You are a whatever, whatever. But, but that doesn't make you those people. You're not those, every child's mentor that comes in. You have to earn. They have to watch it. They have to trust you. And trust goes beyond the resume. Trust goes beyond the bio. So it so 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 you know we we quick to and that, that's why it always always it kills me when I see these folk on Facebook. That's my spiritual father. That's my spiritual daddy. I talked about this a while back. That you'll never hear me say those words. I don't need a spiritual father. <laughs> I don't need that. Right, I don't need a spirit. That's my spiritual daddy. That's my no. I, I no. I need a covering. Because if we really tell the truth, I know I'm gonna get in trouble. But if we really tell the truth, it's a whole lot of y'all walking around. Uh, 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 a whole lot of folk walking around with illegitimate daddies mm. in the church. I wish I had some help. If that's the case, y'all making y'all making some of these pastors look real illegitimate. 
because everybody wants them to be their daddy. Get somewhere and sit down. Get somewhere and learn under somebody. But again, if you don't want your if you want your church to stay small, keep a revolving door of pastors. Not uh, twenty two pastors in fifty years. Good Lord, twenty two pastors in fifty years. We're doing pretty good over here at the Ebenezer. <laughs> we on year one nineteen, and we've had nine. <laughs> That's pretty good. That ain't that ain't that ain't that ain't too uh you know <laughs> that ain't too shabby. That ain't too shabby compared to some other some other places. Uh, but let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh oh, here we go. Here we go again. Uh oh. Oh Lord, this this article here. Bless the Lord. Uh, ten reasons why a small church tends to stay small. Number three, y'all ready for this? Domination by a few strong members. Let me read that again. <laughs> the third reason small churches tend to stay small, domination by a few strong members. The writer says this. Help me, Holy Ghost. The writer says this. The process by which a man, it's almost always a man, becomes a church boss is subtle and rarely, if ever, the result of a hostile takeover. Uh-oh. The pastor of a small church leaves for another town. The pastorless congregation looks within its membership for leaders to rise up and take care of things until a new pastor arrives. There will be a pulpit. There will be pulpit supplies to line up a search committee to form and train and send forth and hundreds uh, and a hundred details to see to for the operation of the church. So two or three faithful and mature members, we assume, are chosen. They do their job well. If the next pastor leaves after an unusual short tenure for whatever reason, the congregation resorts to the fallback position. They enlist the services of those same two or three mature and now experienced leaders. That's how it happens that one of them, possibly all three, began to look upon themselves as the church itself. They make the important decisions for the body, and everything works out. When the new pastor arrives, They let him know that anything he needs to know, he should call on them. He quickly sees that they have set themselves up as the board of directors. Oh, help me, Jesus. A layer of authority between the hired man, the preacher, and the congregation. I wish I had some help with this article. The writer says, the bosses explain that they are protecting the congregation. We don't like to upset them with matters like this. These things are better off handled by just a few. The longer this situation continues this way, the more entrenched these men become in their dictatorship. Pity the young idealistic pastor who walks into the church unsuspecting that they lie in wait for him to <clears throat> give direction to his ministry. Or as one said to me, we thought you would like to have some help in pastoring this church. Oh, Jesus. In almost every instance, Such self-appointed church bosses exist to frustrate the pastor's initiatives, block his bold ventures, and control his tendencies to want the church to act on something called faith. Result, the church stays small. No normal church family coming into the community would want to join such a church. The remedy, the congregation 
must see that key lay positions in the church rotate. Uh-oh. That no one stay. Oh, Lord, this is somebody wrote. This just got to be somebody Baptist, Lord have mercy. That no one stays chairman of deacons for 30 years or church treasurer for a generation. Members of the congregation must stand up in business meetings and ask questions. Why was this done? Why was this done? Who made the decision that our church would do that? Oh, my. Why was the congregation not informed on this? Oh, Jesus. The writer says, the one thing church bosses cannot stand is the light of day showing on their activities. Ooh, can I read a little further? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, he says, he says, he says, um, uh, where's that? Oh, he says, even though they convince themselves what they are doing is in the interest of the congregation, they don't want others to know about it because they wouldn't understand. Oh, we understand all too well. <laughs> Read about diatrophies in the little epistle of third, of third John. Uh, he loves to have the preeminence. Can we talk? Thank you so much for putting up the views. Thank you so much. Thank you, because you knew that was necessary so much, because I don't want no smoke. Uh, uh, also, you, I, I know you can't go back, but you missed Michael's comment. Uh-oh, let me see what Michael said. I know I'm, I can go back on the comments, because I didn't. Um, let me see. Michael said, oh, according to Ephesians 4 and 11 and 12, Jesus gave gifts to men, not titles to men. I know that's right. Come on, sir. My God. I saw Sheldon said I had I, if I, I've had it with our foolishness and unbiblical polity. Yeah, I'm over it too, uh, 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 Sheldon. I, I've said it on this show uh, several times. I said on this show several times, Sheldon. Uh, I will never, as as long as as long as I have breath in my body to preach, I, I will never apply for a pastor position ever, ever. That, that's just me, and I know this probably, that's probably not something I should say on the air because some church may hear it somewhere, and that's just fine. But I've said it, and I, 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 I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with God. I'm going to stick with God. I don't, I'm not ever applying. The only way I'm if – you, if, if you hear about me becoming a pastor of somebody's church, they called me directly. They called, I prayed, and I answered. That was it. I'm not. I'm just not because I'm not going through. I'm not going through the. Through, I'm not doing the fake politics anymore. I don't have time for that. I've been through it twice. One time was absolutely horrible, uh, and and the other time was a complete joke. So I, <laughs> I, I, I I refuse. I refuse. And 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 I and I and I'll say it, and I'll say it like this. Um, you know, uh, I don't I don't have to prove myself to anyone what God called. Sheldon said, this article is my entire experience. For 15 months, I served earnestly. Wow. 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 I mean, here, 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 here it is. Here it is. You know, again, I, I get the, you know, th- there are some things that I like about the church processes. When I say the church, I mean the church universal. There are some things I like about the church process, you know, um, and, and, and again, I went through the pro- I can't even say I went through the process twice. I can't even say that because that would be a lie. My bad. I went through it once. I'm sorry. I went through it once. Uh, I went through the process once. And I mean, went through the process from beginning to end. The second time, it wasn't even, it, that's why I called it a joke. Uh, the first time, I went through the process from beginning interview, 
you know, background checks and all of that stuff. And, and, and uh, oh, they didn't do no credit check, did they? No, because they, no, we no they, they didn't ask for Because, yeah, because somebody said credit check. We you know, not I didn't, doing that. I didn't care. But somebody said, you know, talking about credit checks and all this stuff. And somebody was saying, well, what the, what, what, what the, what the preacher credit got to do with the church, especially if the preacher ain't signing no check? <laughs> So, you know, I remember that whole mess. But anyway, anyway, I just think it's 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 such a it's already the church is already in a hard position when there's an empty pulpit. Right. It's in a hard position. And and this I, I know what this story and Sheldon, I'm with you. I've been there. I've been there. I've been at a church. Uh, my, my home church. Was, I, I was there twice. You uh, came back for a dude. Yeah, I was I was, yeah, I was special, wasn't I? Yeah, I, I, I was there twice when the pulpit was empty. Now, I didn't apply both times, not neither time. I didn't apply until this last time. But I was there. I wasn't even preaching the first two times. So that, that was the first thing. I, you know, I was running. Uh, but I, was there, I saw the mess. And you don't talk about mess. I'm, I'll, I'll say it because y'all know I don't care. I'm talking about people uh, uh, taking resumes out of the mailbox and throwing them in the garbage. Y'all, I can't make this up, y'all. This, y'all, y'all, look, what's what's the show? I ain't watched it in a while. Uh, that Oprah did, uh, 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 Greenleaf. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, isn't it off the air? I don't know. I don't okay. know. But but Greenleaf was a real thing. Now I, I ain't I ain't going to talk some of the salacious stuff on Greenleaf. But some of the church politics that was ri- so whoever, whoever was giving them the stories for Greenleaf came from a church in Chicago. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. On the west side. That's all. Somebody, somebody gave them all the tea. This, this is big fact. All the tea. But I, I, I've seen it. I've seen people manipulate things so that, you know, and then this is what happens when you manipulate. This is what happens when you manipulate. You see the result from all the mess. When you manipulate. So, so and, and I'll say this, I, I, and, and, and I don't mean no harm to my former people over there, but a lot of their drama and, and problems came with decisions that were made not from the last pastor, but from the previous pastors. Because you open the door up for all of this mess by putting un- people who, 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 who probably should not have been there or the process was tainted. Tainted processes, they are what they are. But it's like, here's the deal. If you trust God, let me say that again. For the people in the back. I saw that. that uh, Say it again for the folks in the back. I'm not sure who that is. I don't know who that. They said Ebenezer. So whichever one of y'all <laughs> uh, from the church who got access to the Facebook page, put an initial behind your stuff so we know who you are. Uh, but, but here was the deal about when the process is tainted. When the process is tainted and people know that the process is tainted, you're making it difficult for the person who comes in. The person that's coming in might not have done anything wrong. Let me say that again. The person that comes in might not have done anything wrong, but if the people believe that the process was tainted, now you've created, on top of the, prob- the real problems that exist in the church, on top of the real problems that exist in the church, you are now creating a new set of problems. I wish I had some help. Come on. With that process, it was... What I found with it, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, because you know, Latanya speaking from experience, because Latanya was the uh, the, the was the chairman, yes, I the was. chairman of the pulpit search committee. <laughs> what I found was, what I found, what I found, it it was baggage, 
it was church hurt. Yeah. But it was mostly bag baggage because it because they were doing if it smelled like a duck, looked like a duck, <laughs> it's a duck. So if so if it because it, it was like you know. If it look like it take money, it look like it need money. We gonna be broke. And so like, you know, you, and you had to you had to deal with all of that and everything else like that. It was that that was. If somebody told me being part of um, the pulpit committee mm-hmm. at our former church mm-hmm. would lead me to not be at my church, yeah, I would not have done it. Wow. I don't know if it was still wow. to Ebenezer, wow. but I would not have done it because it wow. came with too much. It came. I didn't know I was gonna. I, I gained a lot. Yeah. But I lost mm-hmm. so much. <laughs> yeah. It 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 is. I would. You know. I again. You know. Even even like it, when again when the process is done um, fairly. When the process is done. Uh, in a way that the people can respect, then, then you know, all those hurt feelings and all that stuff, that stuff go away real quick. You lose, you lose. You win, you win. Whatever. It's just like in anything. You know, if I, if I, if I, if you win something, you know, I don't. This is me. I don't ever want to win anything uh, uh, because I because because if 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 somebody else, you know, I don't want to take a step up if I have to step on somebody else to get the step up. Right, because God don't work that way. See, God, God don't cheat. God don't cheat. Now He'll allow some stuff, but He ain't gonna cheat. So again, I love this man. I love this thing about uh, number three is so accurate. Uh, you, you the, the church is dominated by a few strong folks, and them, and the thing about it too, I take it a step further. They want to hold back money. You think you're hurting the church because you're holding back money from the church. I mean, you do you really do you really believe God? and this is this shows you the lack of of knowledge of 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 the people who who play that I'm not going to give game. This shows you the lack of knowledge for the people who play I'm not going to give game. So you're going to be disobedient to God by not giving because you mad at Reverend so and so or sister so and so. So now you're going to be disobedient to God thinking you can hurt God's church. You really think you got that much power that you can hurt God's church. I wish I had some help. Because all you're doing is putting, you're shining the light on yourself. Because what you're showing is, is that when times get hard, you get mad and you put your, you put, you, you put your wallet in your back pocket and you say, I ain't coming and I ain't going to give. But see, all you're showing is that when the church does grow, and when the church does come out of whatever it's in and the church grows and they do it without your giving and now you want to come back to the fold, guess what? Yes, we will take your money, but you can shut the hell up and sit down somewhere. I wish I had some help. Huh? I think about it like this. Come on. For the people that hold back their money. Yeah. And then in the tithing lesson, uh-huh. how much are you supposed to give on top of that because you held it back? That's right. That's you right. You right. Come on. There's too. another percentage. There's another percentage. Come no. on. Unbothered, Sheldon. <laughs> Shutter said, keep your $30. God has count on the thousand. I know that's right. I know that's right. Come on now. Unbothered. <laughs> I'm trying to help the people. Elevation and blessing are never at someone else's expense. Come on. Come on. All right. Number four. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's 830. I've been messing around with y'all. So y'all get me off topic. I'm just playing. Number four. Ten reasons why a small church tends to stay small. Number four. Not trusting the leaders. Well, 
not trusting the leaders. This is what the writer says. A phenomenon which I've seen in small churches and never in large ones occurs at the monthly business meeting. <laughs> Ernest Hinton Jr. says the fist part. Come on, sir. I got a tiger in the house. The fist part. That's it. Come on. Let me get back. A phenomenon which I've seen in small churches and never enlarged one occurs at the monthly business meeting, which incidentally is also a custom of a lot of growing churches have found they could do without. They choose excellent leadership for the deacons, finance committee, and other key groups and ask them to keep the congregation on course. In the small and determined to stay small churches, the treasurer passes out the monthly financial statement, which accounts for every penny spent this month. The discussion centers on why 35 cents was spent for a call forwarding and $2 for the paper in the office. The director of the vacation Bible school, the Sunday school director, and the children's choir leader, and of course the pastor are all frustrated that the congregation doesn't trust them with 20 bucks let alone 200 for some tasks. The small and determined to stay small church is far more concerned about the dollars and cents in the offering plate than the lost souls in the community. I wish I had some help. He says, I want to know what the revival cost the church, said a disgruntled deacon in the monthly meeting. The pastor rose and cited a figure. And what did the church get out of it? The plaintiff said, only one person saved, a child at that. Poor stewardship of our resources, if you ask me. With that, another deacon walks to the front and takes something out of his pocket. He writes in his checkbook, tears out the check, and hands it to the treasurer. Gentlemen, he says, that one child that was reached is my son, and he's worth every penny of it. Wow. The tiny and deadest on uh, remaining tiny churches would never step out on faith and do something so bold as to have an aggressive evangelism campaign to reach the lost and unchurched to their community. And if they did, Unless their mindset changes, they would then harass their leaders into the grave demanding of accounting of every dime spent. I'm going to go somewhere with this in a minute. When the pastor search committee announced plans for the candidates to spend the following weekend at the church, a member stood to raise a question. That's not long enough for us to get to know him. How do you expect us to be able to vote on him if we only have a weekend with him? Another member stood and said, may I respond to Mr. Allen? We can't get to know him well enough on the weekend to make this kind of decision. That's why we've elected some good leaders for the search committee. Let's trust them. Elect good, elect good, let me say that again. Elect good leaders. Mm. Can I read that again? Elect, I feel the Holy Ghost. Elect, oh God. Elect good leaders and trust them to do their work. It's a faith-proof system for growing a church. Woo. Some people say they don't buy raffle tickets at the church because it's gambling, but we'll go to the liquor store, buy a scratch-off ticket daily. I just don't understand. <laughs> Let me say this. Let me say this, because this article, this number four, is hitting, in some, hitting some places. Let me say this. And a lot of times this has nothing to do with the pastor of the church. If small-minded churches... And small thinking churches are always going to be concerned about the money. And the reason why is because they've been small for so long, they've only had one focus. 
Lord, help me get out. Oh, Lord. I was about to say I'm going to need security, but I am my security. Uh, let me say it like this. Ooh, help me, Jesus. Small-minded, small-thinking churches are only always concerned about money. And the reason they're always only concerned about money is because in the time that they have been broke, watch this, they've only had one concern. That concern has not been about the community. That concern has not been about how many people they have baptized. That concern has not been about uh, 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 what their discipleship looks like. Their concern has not been about uh, uh, what stewardship looks like. Their concern has not even been about what fellowship looks like. They've had one concern in the years that they have been broke. And that concern has been with keeping the lights on and the doors open. I said what I said. You don't like it? Oh, well, turn off the show. I'm going to say it again. If churches that stay small want to stay small, they only do it because they are trying to keep the doors open. When I'm only focused on, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. When I'm only focused on keeping the doors open, then my job is to count every dime, nickel, penny, jot, and tittle. I'm just going say it like I said it, because that's all I want to do is keep the lights on and the door open. I don't want the big old red letters to show up on the door. I ain't concerned about whose soul getting saved. I don't care if the folk across the street don't speak to me and I don't speak to them. I don't care if we don't know who the neighbors are four doors down. I just know that the church been open for 200 years and that's a blessing right there and we gonna celebrate. Ain't nobody coming. Don't nobody know who you are, but the door open and the lights on. You help me understand that. Call somebody. I don't care. I, <laughs> you put the disclaimer up. Because <laughs> th- these are my views. Let me say that again. These are mine. I, but it's the truth. That's why they're so concerned about the money. You don't see now, now I'm not a big mega church fan. I'm not, I'm not a mega church fan. But mega churches ain't having meetings about money. Some of them, some of them are concerned about ministry. Every meeting got something to do with money. Every conversation at the church, every time that we got to have a special meeting, special meeting. What's it for? Money. Special meeting, money. When you're going to have a special meeting about ministry, conversation is about money. Every conversation ends with dollar signs or starts with dollar signs. That's what small-minded churches do. That's what small thinking does. At some point, you can't say you want to grow. Unless, oh, God, help me. If you, hey, I said it, I said it again. If you want to change some stuff, <clears throat> you, if you want to change the atmosphere, you got to see the clouds differently. I can't get no help. If you want to change it. So what they spent more money on toilet paper? You ought to be glad somebody in here to use it. <laughs> now, 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 <clears throat> I'll take it a step further. Because the writer said not trusting the leaders. Now, if there's a history, because let's be honest. Come on, like, like, when are you going to have prayer meeting? Right. We had all these other meetings. Got a meeting for this, meeting for this, this committee, that committee, this committee. When is the prayer meeting? 
I'm not a fan of 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 of, of Israel. Oh, oh, oh Lord! Come on now, Sheldon. <clears throat> Let me say it like this. Here's why I am with revivals. Here's why I am with revivals, and this is why this has always been my question since I've been preaching. I've been preaching now. It's going it's going on ten years, I think ten. Ten, yeah. I've only been preaching ten years. Here's one of the, the que- I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions. Well, you know what seminary did for me? Seminary made me have a lot of questions. <laughs> seminary, seminary made me have a lot of questions about a lot of stuff that we do. I don't know. Somebody help me. Now the Bible, were, were, were revivals supposed to be planned? Or did they just break out? I'm going I'm 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 to say that again. Were revivals supposed to be planned? Or did they just break out? That's what I thought. Were revivals supposed to be planned or do they just break because i'm thinking you know it's like do you plan a revival that's like saying because okay okay, here here it is here it is spring revival summer revival fall revival right winter right so so here's my question here's my question here's my question i wish i had some a, a bishop or an apostle or two or somebody on here that could help me with this how do you how do you that's like saying, we're going to do this, and God, because we called a revival, now you got to show up because we called it. Because, see, truth be told, if, we, if we're going to be honest, when we gather together on Sunday or when we gather together on Wednesdays or Thursdays or whatever day your Bible study, I know some of y'all Bible study on Tuesdays, whatever day, when we gather together, truth be told, Revival could and should possibly break out then. It's like we're saying we gonna we gonna plant we gonna put revival up on the wall. We gonna put revival up all out here. We gonna get our banners and we gonna hang up revival. We gonna buy some Facebook ads. We gonna do all this stuff. Right, right. Come on, Sheldon. Invite all your homeboys on the roster to come preach. And and, and you paying out the wazoo for all these preachers to come preach at your church. Let me ask a question. Other than your members, who comes to the revival? <laughs> your mic on. I heard it. Oh, it's not on now either. You turned it off. <laughs> Push it all the way up. Oh, that's what. <laughs> Change your battery and come on back with your thought. Uh, 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 I, I, I'm curious. I'm curious. How do you do these scheduled revivals? God, look here. Let me say it like this. I know some folk are going to get mad at me, and this is probably why I stay in trouble, but you know what? Guess what? God got me. Let me say this. How are you going to say, what's the day? Tuesday, Monday, August 23rd, on September the 17th at 4.30, we having a revival, and God... You best show up. Because <laughs> at 430, I'm going to need you to send the Holy Spirit down at 430. And, and, and God, I need you to show up 
at 430. That's, what, that's literally what we're saying. We're saying we're going to plan it out, and we're going to dictate when <clears throat> the day of Pentecost is going to happen again. Because <laughs> you do know they was up there in the upper room for a long time. There was not a planned day for the day of Pentecost. I wish I had some help. There was no planned day. <laughs> they didn't know what day the Holy Spirit was going to show up. They didn't know what. They were just told to go up there and, 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 and pray. And so what that means is you keep go, you, that means you keep having your services, you keep Bible study, you keep praising the Lord, and you keep that going, and then God will then send a revival. I wish I had some help. I wish I had some help. Come on now. Shel, uh, uh, Michael Dalton says, we have no business having so-called revivals as we are already revived by this. But come on. Because, I mean, help me understand. See, I done got, off, I done got me off the topic now. Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> I would say revivals don't do what they're supposed to do anymore. Help me understand. Thank you. Help me understand. Because you're supposed to convert people. I thought revival was supposed to bring in the lost. Right. And that's what it's supposed to do. But now it's like, you know, we, I ain't going to name no people, but you, you know, you got some that, you know, come across every year and now it's nothing but a bigger, it ain't nothing but a bigger block club party at night mm. Mm. with, with bigger names that you have to, like we say, bring your homeboys or we got to bring a bigger name now out here and everything else like that. And so it's not, um, uh, it's, I, that gathering is not complete. I see a, 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 a note on here from uh, Reggie Wells. I don't, I don't know, uh, Brother Reggie. Reggie, we, we will pray for you. Uh, I'll say this uh, for anyone who's reading that comment. Um, you know, uh, do your due diligence. Uh, Brother Reggie, uh, we're, we're, we're going we're to pray for you. Uh, and anybody who reads that comment from Reggie uh, on Facebook, uh, whichever page he's on, uh, just, you know, do your due diligence. Um, yeah. I don't, we don't, I don't, I don't do that here for, you know, unless I really know what's going on. Uh, you can definitely email the show, Reggie, and we can talk offline. Uh, but let's not, let's not do that here. Let's not do that here, please. You know, just, you know, let's, let's not do that here. I don't ask for a dime. So I, I have a problem with other people sliding in here asking. I just got a, I just got a problem with that. I don't, you never seen a cash app on my page ever for nothing, whether I need it or not. You'll never see one. I just don't. Uh, Michael Doan says we should be having times of refreshing that involves prayer, teaching, and waiting on God. Yeah, revival means something has to be dead. Come on now. Come on. Now, now don't get me wrong. Now, if you feel like your church is, 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 is in a dead space, now that's a, different kind of con- that's a different kind of conversation. But even then, you ought to pray that God, come on now, does the revival, that God sends the revival. That God sends it. All right, here we go. Number number uh, five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Uh, we're t- again, we're talking about we're talking about ten reasons why small churches. When you get a chance, why small churches uh, tend to stay small. Ten reasons why small churches tend to stay small. Did you just lose something over there? Oh, uh, number five says inferiority complex. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Inferiority complex. Help me, Holy Ghost. Thank you. The writer says, 
I was a seminary student when called to my second pastorate. He says, determined to figure out how to grow that church, they had been stuck at 40 in attendance for years. I read everything I could find in the seminary library. Fortunately, they had quite a few books on pastoring the small church. He says, what I discovered was something I was beginning to notice in my people. Small churches are stymied by inferiority complexes. We can't do anything because we're small. We don't have a lot of money like the big churches in town. So they set small goals and ask little of their members. Mm. One day, the writer says, I was visiting in the First Baptist Church on a nearby community. He says, in no way was it what we would call large, but it was three or four times the size of mine. The pastor and I were chatting about some program or other. He said to me, my people won't attempt anything like that. He says, they said, we're not large like the First Baptist Church of New Orleans. That's when it hit me. Feelings of inferiority can be found in all size churches. He says, I wouldn't be surprised if the members of FBC New Orleans were excusing themselves for their inaction by saying, we're not Bellevue in Memphis or the FBC of Dallas. The writer goes on to say, I don't know who the members of Bellevue or FBC Dallas look at with envy, but I'll bet it's some church bigger than them somewhere. The remedy is to put one eyes on Jesus Christ. Lord, what do you want us to do? That's the best prayer we can ever pray. And it has nothing to do. uh, It has, it has nothing whatever to do with what another church is doing. He says, in that seminary pastorate, I encouraged our people to set a goal high for our annual Christmas offering for foreign mission. One day, a member told me she was chatting with a neighbor who belonged to my friend's First Baptist Church in the next community, who asked her about the size of our mission offering goal. When she told her the neighbor sniffed, uh, why ours is double that. Thankfully, my member said nothing. She could have responded, it should be triple since since your church is three times the size of ours, but she didn't, and I was pleased. Peter said, Lord, what about John here? What do you want him to do? Our Lord said, thus set a wonderful pattern uh, for all of us for the rest of time. What is that to you? You follow me. What's your church? uh, Want your church to reach people and expand and grow? Get your eyes off what others are doing. Most of them, to tell the truth, are declining at a rate so fast it can hardly be measured. You do not want to take cues from them. Ask the Lord, what would you have us do? Then do it. Mm. Let me say this. Um, I agree that some churches do have inferiority complexes. I think some churches look at uh, the worst thing you could do the worst thing you could do is try to compare yourself to a different ministry or try to compare yourself to what other ministries are doing because you don't know their budget. You don't know their checkbook. You don't know their giving patterns. You're not privy to that information. And even if you had at one time, you don't know what they are now. It's great to bump to, to run ideas, um, uh, and get ideas from, from other ministries. It's great to want to find out, you know, okay, how are you guys able to do this and, 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 and strategize and see. But first you got to go to God. And you got to ask God, what would you have me do with this ministry? That's why vision is so important. It's hard for me. I, and, and, and I remember this. Uh, vision is important. 
and leaders should be able to express that vision without hesitation. If you if you are if you are a manager of a of a building or a manager at a company, uh, if you, if it's not your company, you should know your company's vision. Right? It's like it's like it's like the 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 motto for the Boy Scouts. I used to know it, but I don't. I didn't last long. But it's like the you know I promise to do my duty. Some 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 you know I, I can't remember what that is. But it, it's 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 part of who you are. And, and God gives leaders vision for the church. I wouldn't go if, 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 a, if let, let's say uh, ABC Church down the street, uh, somebody called and, and said, hey, uh, uh, well, we, we've been watching you and we've been following you and, 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 and we put it on our hearts and we prayed about it and God wants you to come pastor. Uh, we believe that God has called you to come pastor our church. You know what Dana's response is? I appreciate you. Now, let me, let me tell you this. God ain't going to tell y'all to call me if he ain't called me. I wish I had some help. <laughs> he ain't going to send me somewhere and not give me a vision for the place. He ain't going to send me somewhere. He, 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 got, now he, he, he just said he ain't going to do that. He ain't going to send me somewhere and not give, watch this, and give me a clear vision for the place. When you get there, I'm going to tell you what I need you to do. What did he tell? Watch this. Even with Abraham, he said, go to a place that I'll show you. Just get up and go. And then when Abraham got there, what did he do? He gave him instruction. I can't get no help. I'm teaching. That's all right. There is, there is, there is a, 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 a need for a vision. There is a need where you, and you don't want to be taking your, taking your cues from everybody. Well, I saw them do this down the street. Well, I saw them do this over here. Well, I saw the other church do this. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And bless their ministry. But we can't do everything. We should be, watch this. That might be the ministry that God has for them. But you do know the 12 that were with Jesus. I ain't talking about Jews. I'm talking about Paul and the, and the other 11. <laughs> I'm, talk, I'm counting Paul in that one. Uh, and, and I really ain't counting Matthias. We ain't going to get on that whole subject about Matthias. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Sheldon, you want to hear my, this is my, this is, this is my whole story about, you talked about the politics in the church. This is how I end up in trouble going backwards. But this is how you talk about, this is, this, this is my deal, Sheldon. Look at how Matthias was chosen. <laughs> Versus how the other disciples was chosen. Jesus called all of them, even Judas. All of them. Matthias was the one that they shot dice to get Matthias. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Talk about church politics. <laughs> they shot dice. <laughs> what? That's like how they picked the, what's his name, that's no longer. They found him in the coffee room. <laughs> they cast lots. They shot dice. That's what casting lots is. <laughs> right. That's what they did. They shot dice to get Matthias. And Matthias, we don't know nothing about Matthias. All we knew was they chose Matthias. <laughs> That's all we knew. 
That's all we know. That, that's it. They chose Matthias. They shot dice. <laughs> you, I bet not crap. I just bet not crap. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Y'all pray for my mind. Y'all pray for me. But you cannot, you cannot go by doing what you see other people do. God has to give you, a, and watch this, your vision is going to be different everywhere. When, when, trust me, when, when they went on their, on, their, on, their, on their missionary journeys, when they, now the goal is the same. Stay with me now. The goal is the same to bring the lost to Christ. But the methods are going to be different at every location. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. The goals are the same, but the methods have to be different. I can't talk to, to uh, 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 saints who've experienced church hurt the same way I talk to, saint, talk to folk on the street who ain't never been to church. Come on now. I can't address young folk the way I addressed, like the way I was addressed when I was a young person. That's what I'm saying. The vision has to, this is why I tell my brother, Pastor Washington, all the time, God called Harold Washington over on the west side of Chicago for that particular ministry that he has because no one else over there would be able to do it. That's just my, I, I, I truly, I've said that to him publicly when he's sitting in this chair, so I ain't saying nothing new. I ain't blowing no smoke. I believe God get, let him go through the experiences he went through so that he could turn around and go back and reach the same people. I'm trying to help somebody today. God will use, God will give you a vision for a certain group of people to raise up a standard with a certain group of people. And that vision don't work everywhere. So you just can't do what you see other people doing because it ain't going to work. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to move on. Oh, God, it's almost 9 o'clock. We're going to have to go over tonight, y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 but but, but <laughs> my producer just gave me a look like, what? <laughs> but... <laughs> I did see it, but I, I've been doing a whole lot of talking. <laughs> stop talking, she say. Stop talking. But here is, the, here is the deal. Sometimes we can misinterpret the vision. Oh, God. Y'all, y'all praying for me right now. Because sometimes, see, see, see we, we'll take, watch this. We'll take God sent you to do something. Uh-oh, let me help somebody. We'll say God sent you to do something. God sent you to go over there and watch this. God sent you to go teach. He didn't tell you to go start a church. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Y'all don't pay no attention to the lady that's talking. That's, that's from my radio side. Uh, my people that's on blog talk, if you dialed in, stay on, you're good. Uh, if you're listening via blog talk radio right now, you will lose the broadcast unless you call in right now and listen on the phone side. 323 Four three seven five. For those of on my radio side, it's gonna cut off on y'all in about sixty seconds. So here, come on, let me do it again. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio live, three two three eight seven zero four three seven five. You need to call in now so you can already be on the phone. Because if you're listening live, unfortunately, it's gonna cut off. You got to come back and listen to the recording, or jump on Facebook or YouTube, find me somewhere. All right, let me say this: God called you to teach somewhere. He didn't call you to start a church. Or maybe your season is over. Oh, God, let's go. Number six. <laughs> Number six. 
Ooh, I'm going to get in trouble. Number six, number six, number six, number six, number six. Number six says, uh, again, we're talking about uh, 10 reasons why small churches tend to stay small. Number six says there is no plan. Ooh, let me take a sip of these. Let me sip some of God's tears. There is no plan. Mm. The writer says, there she go. The writer says, the typical stagnant small church is small in ways other than numbers. They tend to be small in vision, in programs, in outreach, and in just about everything else. Perhaps worst of all, they have small plans or no plans at all. The church with no plan, that is, no specific direction for what they're trying to do and become, will content itself with plodding along, going through the motion of all churches everywhere. They have Sunday school and worship services and a few committees. Once in a while, they will schedule a fellowship dinner or a revival. But ask the leadership, what is your vision for the church? And you'll receive blank stares for an answer. Here are two biblical instances of church leaders who knew what they were doing. Come on, y'all. In Acts chapter 6, when the church was disrupted by complaints from the Greek widows of being neglected in the distribution of food in favor of the Hebrew widows, the disciples called the congregation together. They said, it is not right for us to neglect. How would they fill in the blank reveals their plan? In other words, to wait tables. And then as they commissioned the seven men chosen, the disciples says, we will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to what? Fill in the blank. Come on now. In the first instance, the disciples saw their plan as the word of God. And in the second, as prayer and the ministry of the word. How do you see your ministry, pastor? What is your church's focus? Come on now. The writer says, earlier, when Peter and John were threatened by the religious authorities who warned them to stop preaching Jesus, they returned to the congregation to let them know of this development. Immediately, everyone dropped to their knees and began praying. Notice the heart of their prayer, what they requested. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to what? Come on now. How they finish this is how we know their plan their chief focus, to speak your word with great boldness. When the Holy Spirit filled the room, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Clearly that means they spoke it to the community, the world around them, and not just to one another. The writer goes on to say, when I asked a number of leaders for their take on why so many small churches do not grow, several said, They need to focus on the two or three things they do best, not to try to be everything to everyone. Some churches need to focus on children's ministry, others on youth or young adults, young families, or even the olders. Tell me why why it is when a church is filled with seniors, we look upon it as failing. It uh, it is though white-haired people of our society don't need to be reached for the Lord. Some will focus on teaching others on ministry in the community, some on jail, prison ministries, and some on musical women or men's work. 
One note of explanation, the writer says. This is not to say that churches should shut down everything else to do one or two things. Rather, they will want to keep doing the basics, but throw their energies and resources, their promotions and prayers and plans into enlarging and honing two or three ministries they feel the Lord has uniquely called them into. Let me say that again. Doing ministry that the Lord has uniquely called them into, not just doing ministry for the sake of doing ministry, but doing ministry that the Lord has uniquely called them into. We can't just be doing ministry for the sake of doing ministry. Well, we're going to do this. Okay, but what's your plan? Well, we're going to do this. Well, let's do this. What's the plan? Let's do this. Well, what's the plan? It's easy to say. There's a lot of stuff that in my brain I would love to do, but there also has to be a plan. Because, what, because what's disrespectful to God is to just throw some stuff up against the wall and see what sticks. I am so – I think with, with, with me, and, 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 and I thank God for, for, for growth, is that I am not one who believes you can just throw anything before God and, and then God will do the rest. I don't believe, in, I don't believe there's one instance in the Bible where, where folk just showed up with junk. And God did some, you know, no, you had, there, there was some work that had to be done. God has to be at the forefront of the plan, at the writing of the plan, at the presentation of the plan, and when putting the plan in action. That's the only way those plans come to fruition. That's an ordained plan by God. Anything else, if you start writing a plan and then, okay, God, here's the plan. Now, God, now we're going to pray that you bless it. He wasn't in it from the beginning. I don't hear nobody. I don't hear nobody. We got to be able to do things uh, and, and have a plan, a designated God-breathed, God-ordained plan. Why do anything else? When the Bible says do it as unto God, that means raggedy? Yeah, I say raggedy. That's my word, y'all. Don't nobody say raggedy like you say raggedy. <laughs> but what, did that mean do it raggedy? Just show up. Oh, man, if we just do it, the people look up. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Too many options now. And that's the other thing, too. It's too many options for church. It's too many, it's too many places that people can go. So you think just because you throw something together because you put a nice fly together and you send something that people just go, no. You got you got to you got to cultivate the ground. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna say that with that seed. Seed the clouds differently. You won't rain. You got to seed the clouds differently. All right, let's keep going. Number seven. Uh oh. Number seven. Number seven. Again, ten reasons why small churches tend to stay small. Number seven says bad health. Bad health. The writer says it's no surprise to anyone who has spent time in more than a few churches to learn that some are unhealthy, talking about the churches. And by that, we do not mean just because they are small, they are sick. You can be small and healthy, behold the hummingbird. Uh huh. An unhealthy church is known more by what it does than by the list of characteristics and attributes. A church that runs its preachers off every year or two is unhealthy. 
A church that is constantly bickering is unhealthy, oh God. A church that cannot make a simple decision like choose the color of a carpet or adopt next year's budget or accept changes in order for the worship in the order of worship might be unhealthy. So what is a healthy church and how do we get from here to there? That was my mentor's uh, uh, um, um, thing, uh, I believe, in 2019. How do we get from here to there? Uh, Dr. Duo over at Antioch Missionary Baptist Church. He says, the writer says, entire libraries could be filled with books written on the healthy church and consultants abound ready to assist congregations toward that purpose. But here it is in shorthand. Romans 12 is God's blueprint for a healthy church. Uh-oh. It divides it into three parts. Verse 1 and 2 call for each individual to make a personal commitment to Christ. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Uh Uh-oh. Woo! Verses 3 through 8 call for each one to find his or her place of service where they can use their spiritual gifts. And verse 9 through the end of the chapter describes the relationships within a healthy, loving fellowship of believers. Woo! He says, show me a congregation where everyone is committed to Jesus Christ. Each one is using God-given spiritual gifts in the Lord's service, and the fellowship is sweet and active, and I will show you a healthy church. I say this all the time, and I said this the other day. I said this to my, um, we had a great Bible study last week, Wednesday, uh, and we were talking about worship, and I said this the other day. Um, I don't believe God would allow um, a church building, a temple, whatever you want to call it, a, 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 a sanctuary to fall apart on a church body that was unified. God would never destroy an un- a unified church. God would never allow a unified church to close. God would never allow a unified church to be broken and, and, and break. He would never allow that because, he, because, it's, because it's a God-unified, God-ordained place. But when, 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 when there's constant bickering and fighting, see, we too busy fighting to notice that the wall is falling apart. We, we too busy fighting to notice that this thing is broken. We too busy fighting each other and talking about each other to notice that these things are falling apart. And now we too busy fighting each other on who going to get it fixed first. I wish I had some help in here. There's got to be a time where we stop the bickering and stop the fighting and, 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 and pray for healing of an unhealthy church. If I, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I, I smash my thumb and, 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 and it breaks enough blood vessels and 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 or if I cut it open and I don't get it looked at and 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 then I let it set up 
The rest of me is functioning, but my thumb has a problem. And then if I don't address the problem in my thumb, it's going to spread to my hand. And then if I don't address it because I still got a good hand over here and I can still work, I can function through it. Now I'm functioning with a disability that I really did not have to have because had I just addressed the thumb when it was hurting, oh my God, had I just addressed it when it was hurting, and saw what the problem was before I let it spread to the other fingers. Watch this, because even if I had to lose the thumb to save the hand, oh, God, help me. Even if I had to lose the thumb to save the hand, but see, we want to, we, oh, God, I wish I had some help. Sometimes we, come on now, we want to, we want to try to maintain some stuff. That God has cut off a long time ago. Let's go. Number eight. Uh-oh. Ooh, Lord, this thing is getting heavy. Number eight. What time is it? Number eight. Number eight. Number eight says, lousy fellowship. Ooh, Lord. Lousy fellowship. The writer says, this overlaps with the last point. <laughs> but it deserves a spot by itself. He says, for my money, The best thing a church has to offer individuals and families in the community other than the saving gospel itself is a place they will be loved and welcomed and made part of an active, healthy family. It's what we mean by fellowship. There are ways to tell. If fellowship in your church is unhealthy, here's a brief rundown. Oh, God. First, Regarding the visit to your church, your, your the fellowship, your fellowship is unhealthy if <clears throat> visitors are basically ignored. <clears throat> if some places in the church visitors uh, are even resented. Uh, no one follows up on visitors to let them know they are wanted and give information on the church. There's no attempt to get people to visit your church in the first place. Oh, God. Second, regarding the church services of the, regarding the worship services of the church, the fellowship is probably unhealthy if everything is orderly, but it's the same order you've used since forever. Uh Uh-oh. B, (laughs) the singing is lifeless and any departure from the norm is verboten. Mm a new hymn or chorus or different kind of musical instrument, a testimony here, an interview there, a short drama or video. No, sir, not in our church. C, there's no laughter, nothing spontaneous. D, the invitation time is tacked on, lifeless, and without any response ever. And E, the prayers are filled with with platitudes and stale. Oh, Lord. The writer says, My God, when the Old Testament prophets called on God's people to break up the fallow ground, Hosea 10, 12, and Jeremiah 4 and 3, they wanted to see evidence of brokenness, a willingness to change, a desire to bear new fruit. Fallow ground is soil that has laid unproductive for several seasons. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Can I read that again? My God. My God, am I getting, is YouTube behind? It's real behind, ain't it? 
Okay, I see that now. Because, Angela, I'm just now seeing your comments. So you know. I'm not ignoring them. I'm just now seeing them. So, but I guess when she hear me say this, it's going to be after I've already said it. So, <laughs> um, but that's crazy. YouTube is that far behind. Okay, the writer says, fallow ground is soil that has laid unproductive for several seasons. The hard crust requires a deep turning plow to open it up, and even then, the soil may require more preparatory work before it's ever productive. A church with poor fellowship or essentially none is not failing to have enough socials and dinners. The church is failing in the most basic of areas of disciples, of failure to love. Jesus said, by this, you, by this shall all men know you are my disciples, that you love one another. The writer says, my observation from my own heart and nearly half a century of ministry is that the disciple who is close to Christ loves the brethren. So a congregation that is unloving toward one another may be said to be far removed from the Lord and is in a backslidden state. It's a simple deduction. Draw near to the Lord, and he will draw near to you. Let me say this. For years, and this was before seminary, before studying on my own, I was always under the impression that a church with good fellowship was a church that had good dinner, was a church that had good programs, was a church that, yeah, you know, they had good, you know, your, your, your family and friends day was wonderful. Yo, you know, y'all, y'all, you know, y'all, your, 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 your dinners were, were good. Everybody showed up for the program. All your programs, people were friendly at the programs. And what I learned was, what it made me recognize was, as I read and grew, was that those were the fake days. <laughs> the church anniversary, the family and friends day, the pastor's anniversary, the church, uh, men's day, women's day. Those were the fake fellowship days. Those was like Christmas and Easter. You got to be nice. What I found is, though, the true fellowship happened when you didn't have guests. The true fellowship happened with how you treated one another when there wasn't a name on the marquee. When the bulletin didn't have another name on it, said a program. See, the true fellowship happens when how you treat one another on the third Sunday when it's not a program. How do we treat one another? How do we discuss each other when we're not in each other's presence? If I ask you about some things at your church, how many positive things will you tell me before you get to the – if I ask you to name 10 negative things about your church, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to say this. If I ask you to name 10 negative – no, let's not even do 10. Five. Give me five things that need to – I don't want to say negative. Five things that needed to be improved about your church, not the building, about your church. Some of you all can name them five just like that. Wouldn't take you a minute. Now in the same breath, name five positive things about your ministry. Some of y'all struggled after y'all got the two. That lets you know if you can't name off those five, that lets you know the health of your church. 
that let you know the health of your church. If you can't, if I say name five things that your church needs to improve on and then name five positive things about your church, and if the five you wrote negative, five room for improvement things are there and you're struggling trying to get through the first two or three, that lets you know the status of your church. Here we go. Number nine. Oh, God. A state of neglect permeates the church. Jesus Christ, could you put the disclaimer up again? Help us, Holy Ghost. Jesus. A state of neglect permeates the church. The writer says, not always, but often. A dying church shows signs of its weakening condition by the despair of its buildings and the neglect of its appearance. Whew. The interior walls haven't been painted in years and bear the collective fingerprints of a generation of children. The carpet is threadbare. The piano's keys stick. The pulpit chairs need reupholstering. And the outside sign is so ugly it would be an improvement if someone knocked it down. I received a vivid lesson on neglect early in my ministry, the writer says, when we received word that a high school student had taken his own life. Although the family were members of another denomination, our youth minister and I called at their home uh, to express our sympathy and offer our services. Along the way, my colleague filled me in on the family situation. The dad was said to be having an affair. He and his wife bickered constantly. They were heavily in debt, and the children were without supervision, and the brilliant son who had taken his life was rudderless. As we parked and walked up the sidewalk, we were struck by the disarray of the yard. The grass was knee-high, and the clutter was everywhere. Inside, the father calmly brushed aside our condolences. The way I look at these things, he said, is that they all have a way of working out for the best. I was stunned, I thought. Sir, your child is dead. Tell me how that is going to work out for the best. We left sadder than when we arrived. Dying churches do not tend to their business. They let problems fester and divisions go unaddressed. Listen closely and you will hear a leader speak those infamous words. These things have a way of working themselves out. And so they do nothing, and the church drifts on toward the grave. No one gets saved. No one joins. People drift away. The community becomes less and less aware of the existence of that little church, and the remaining members complain that people just don't love the Lord the way they used to. (sighs) Wow. Uh, That one kind of speaks for itself. (laughs) I am, uh, but it's truth. That's so filled with so much truth. It's filled with so much truth. It's scary. It, it's scary how much truth that that's filled with. It's scary. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's um, it is a sign. It is a sign. Sheldon says, close the casket. <laughs> it, it read like an obituary. It did, didn't it? 
All they had to do, all you had to do was insert the name of a church. Yeah. Insert the day of That's the inception. It. Yeah. Insert the day yeah. that it closed. Yeah. And everything. And then at the same time, they wanted to lay blame. Yeah. That People don't love the Lord no more. Right. Right. Not that your church is what it, it is. Died. It, it died. It's God's fault. Oh, no, people don't love God no more. They got to do with God. Maybe it's that God is in your church. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe people recognize that God is in your church. Or maybe God is, watch this. Maybe God is protecting people from your church. Huh? Maybe God is protecting people. Maybe God is saying, I'm not going to send my, I got some folks that's hurting and need a place, but I can't send them there because they eat people alive over there. I can't send them over there. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh. And maybe mature Christians are smart enough to see, to, to see right away. Maybe that's why you keep getting stragglers and, and folk that don't really know any better. Or you just get a, a select few of people who don't come because God is there. Or it's just, you know, you just get, you, 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 they, maybe the cliques just get enhanced. Well, that clique growing, let me get some of my clique in here. And let me get some of this group in here and some of that group. You, really, you, you ain't saving souls. See, when, you, when folks change churches and leave their church to join, the, to join yours, ain't no soul been saved. Now, it's great to do some baptisms. That's wonderful because that's a new soul. But I often say this. If you look back over a five-year period, this is something that I measure quite often. And, I don't, and, and this is, again, I'm speaking universally. If you've had more funerals in five years, then you've had baptism. That says a lot. If you've done 40 funerals in five years and 10 baptisms, that says a lot. The last one, number 10, number 10, number 10 says, no prayers. No prayer, no prayer, no prayer, no prayer. Whew. No prayer. Again, last thing, we're talking about 10 reasons why small churches tend to stay small. No prayer. It's tempting to make a little joke here and say uh, such churches uh, do not have a prayer, but they, choose, but they could if they choose to. When King Saul was bemoaning the woes that he had descended upon him as a result of his rebellion against God, one of his chief complaints was that God no longer heard his prayer. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer, 1 Samuel 28 and 6. Luke tells us, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up, Luke 18 and 1. Pray or quit. Those seem to be the alternatives. Want to give your congregation a little test, Pastor? Next Sunday. Uh-oh. My God. Look at this. Next Sunday, <laughs> call for your people to meet you at the altar for a time of prayer. Jesus Christ. Do not beg them or conjole them. Just announce it. Then walk there yourself, kneel, and begin praying. 
see if anyone joins you. Notice who comes and pay close attention to who does not. It won't tell you everything you'd like to know about your church, but it will say a lot. Oh, my God. This article. Y'all go, hey, wait till I tell y'all when this article was written. I ain't going to tell y'all till I'm done. The writer says, a friend on Facebook requested prayer for his new ministry. When I asked what he was doing, he responded privately that in addition to pastoring his church, he is working on the state convention in his region. He said, almost all our churches in this part of the state are dying. We have buildings that were constructed for hundreds, now running 15 or 20. The plan, he said, is to get things in place to re-evangelize those regions as these odd line churches die off, as these old line churches die off. The writer says, I hope they don't wait until these churches actually close their doors. A lifeless church can take a long time to give up the ghost. The best approach would be for the stagnant, dying congregation to awaken and get dead serious about becoming vibrant again. This would mean taking the unprecedented step of doing anything it takes to reestablish their witness and presence in the community. In almost every case, I know personally, the writer says, that is not going to happen. The leaders would rather see their church disappear from the earth than to do anything new and different. That is a sad sentence, as I've written in a long time. That's why the only approach most of us have ever seen is to bring in church planters from the outside to start afresh. The leadership of the dying church will resent it. Why are you spending money on starting new churches when we already have a church here? You can invest a fraction of that to help bring our church back if you were thinking straight. Stay the course, church planters. Not only will you do a good work in your own new congregation, but you might just build a fire under that old bunch. Their resentment may awaken them to to fan the flames of the dying embers of their own faith. The pastor who arrived to begin new congregations will use innovative methods almost always leave the suits and ties in the closet, set up guitars and drums, install screens and projectors, and come up with names for their churches that seem like unchurch-like, Sojourn Mosaic, Praiseworthy, Koniah, uh, <laughs> uh, Maranatha, Celebration Vintage, and River. God bless them. But know this, church planter, a generation or two from now, if, if, if I can get the word out because it's in Greek, I, I'm, I should be ashamed of myself. Uh, I think it's Cornea and Sojourn and River and Celebration have not changed their methods and have become set in their ways too, that they too will be left behind as the ever-creating Holy Spirit seeks those who want to have new wineskins for new things he's always up to. Now let us pray. <laughs> the writer says this. Let me let me stop before I before I pray what the writer pray. First of all, y'all, this article written by Joe McKeever was written in 2010. 2010, he wrote this article. I I, I clicked on the link and it said I went to his website. It was written in 2010. Tell me in 2021. That every point, all 10 of them, I'm going to use improper English, ain't still valid in 2021. (laughs) Tell me that they ain't still relevant in 2021. 
This thing was written 11 years ago, and it is just as relevant as though it was written yesterday. Why? Because we have still not learned our lesson. We have still not learned our lesson. Let me say this. I don't care if you don't like the past. I don't care. Come on, uh, Sheldon Wilson, the pen of a prophet never ex- Woo, that's, that, ooh, that's that'll preach. Now look at Sheldon. I ain't going to say what I normally say because I'm going to get looked at funny. But that right there, she already looking at me. She already looking at me. I wish your camera was on. I need to be working the camera so I can do the stuff. Let me, let me, let me, let me say this right now. I wish your camera was on because, Sheldon, what I'm about to say is this. The pen of a prophet never expires. That's a T-shirt. That might, is that already on the shirt? That need to be a T-shirt right there. The pen of a prophet never expires. What you say? That's a good one. Oh, Lord, that, that, that'll preach by itself. The pen of the prophet. Woo! Mm, mm, mm. I, let me say this. I don't care if you don't, the pastor, I don't care if you didn't, uh, uh, you didn't choose, you didn't select, you didn't whatever, whatever, you don't, whatever your situation is. You need to have a love for God's church. And when I say a love for God's church, I don't mean the building. Let me say that again. I don't mean the building. Watch this. You may not like, can I, can I talk real? Well, I've been talking real all day, so I might as well stay there. You might not like the way the nail on your pinky toe looks, but it's still your pinky toe. Let me say that again. <laughs> you may not like the way the nail on your pinky toe looks, but it's still your pinky toe. And you don't want to lose your pinky toe. So that means I'm going to do whatever's necessary to keep it up as to do the rest of the body. I'm going to give it the pampering. I'm going to give it the love it needs just like the rest of the body. What are you saying, preacher? There may be some folk in your congregation that you might not really care for, and that's okay. But you got to love them anyway. And, and, and we spend a lot of time dealing with mess, and, 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 and it's a lot of hurt folks in the church. And a lot of church hurt comes from people hurting people in the church. And this is the one place. Come on now. Come on, elect lady. You got to love your people. Come on. There's a lot of folk in the church. The church is the one place where I should be able to come with my scars and not have you reopen the wound. This is the place I should be able to come with my baggage and you not talk about the condition my bags are in. This is the place I should be able to come to the altar and you not be worried about what I'm wearing to the altar. This is the one place I should be able to come with my burdens 
and you not be so concerned as how I got in the position I got in. You wonder why your church stays small. Because can I talk for real? Because if the hooker shows up at the church, you want to know how many folks she slept with instead of being concerned about the fact that she wants to give her life to Christ. I, I, just, I said what I said, but I'm going to say it anyway. You don't like it, it's okay. That's why it's, on, that's why it's the Internet. It's a billion other places you can be right now. If the hooker showed up, you want to know how long she been hooking. If the stripper shows up, how long was she stripping before she, what difference do it make? I find it funny if, if I come to the church and I say, well, you know, I worked at the IRS or whatever. Don't nobody ask me how long I've worked at the IRS. But if I say I was a stripper, well, how long did you strip before you started preaching? <laughs> For all we know, God could have called him on the pole. Huh? I'm going to say what I said, what I said. We don't know when God called him. But we be concerned about the wrong stuff. And as long as we stay concerned about the wrong stuff in the church, that's all we're going to have to focus on is the wrong stuff. Don't get me wrong. I understand finances in the church are very important. Being good stewards is very important. Throwing good money out the bad. That, you, you, you want to address that. But if we only focused on keeping the lights on, and not letting the light in. Oh, God, I, I wish I had some help. If our focus is only on keeping the lights on and not letting the light in, we will always be a small church. We'll always be a church that look like we beg. We ain't going to beg because we don't want to be embarrassed. I just wish we would come to a place. We would come to a place where we would love people the way God loves us and we wouldn't judge people. Start looking at people through the lens. Ah, watch this. Watch this. Let me let me let me say this, and I'm gonna get out of here because it's way past, way 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 past time. We ain't did one of these in a minute, but way past time. In in the in, okay, I'm gonna teach for a hot minute. In the Ark of the Covenant, the purpose of the Ark, though, on top of the Ark of the Covenant, were the were the the, the two uh, 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 the, the the two. Uh, seraphims and the angels are spread out, and above them uh, uh, was the the, the 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 mercy seat, right? Now, now on, on the mercy seat is where they is where they is where they is where they 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 took the animal, uh, the, the the lamb, and they and they poured the blood uh, uh, on the ark. And that was done every time, every time, every time uh, before before they opened up the ark for judgment. Before they opened up the ark for judgment. Every time. What do I mean? So 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 before they uh, 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 would open it up, they would sacrifice the blood. 
What am I saying to you? When Jesus died, he became that sacrifice. Let me say this again. When the Ark of the Covenant was there, they would go in and they would get ready to go in and grab the books of the, and grab the law and get ready to administer the law. But every time before they opened it, they shed blood from a lamb. When Jesus died, he became that lamb, the blood that was shed for everything, right? When God gets ready to cast judgment as he should because he's God, he first has to look through the blood every time Jesus reminds him, but I died. My blood covers him. My blood covers him. Every time, my blood comes. If we started to look at people through the blood, oh, God, help me. Ah, If we started to view people through the blood like God views us, I wish, I wish I could help somebody. If we started to look at people through that lens, maybe we would be less, we wouldn't be so quick to fly off the handle, to do something detrimental, to tarnish our characters or the character of the church or to attack somebody because we don't like them. We don't like the job they were given or where they were appointed or we don't like this or that. We don't like them and we don't like their family and we don't like what. Maybe if we looked at people through the blood, Because we think about it. We talk about it. We say it healed us. We say that. But, but the, how come we can't grant people that same grace? This is what the writer, this is the, this is the writer's prayer. I just want to read this. He says at the end of this article, Father, we do like our routines and our ruts. He says, forgive us for limiting you by asking you to adapt to us instead of the other way around. Lord, in the words of the old hymns and the old and the older psalms, wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. That's it. I ain't got to pray. That's it. That's it. I, I, I am grateful. Thank you all so much, man. I know we are 42 whole minutes over. Jesus Christ. 42 whole minutes. But I, I, I believe uh, this article is going to bless somebody. Uh, I'm going to put it in the comments again. I'm going to put the original. Uh, I know you put it in there. Huh? Yeah, I know I saw you put it in there earlier. Uh, I'm going to drop it in here uh, again because it is a absolute. Uh, it's, this article is an absolute blessing. Uh, it's an absolute blessing. I'm going to drop the original in for you all, too. I saw... Uh, Latanya put in the the one from churchleaders.com where we got it, uh, and that and I, I appreciate that. Uh, I want to put in the original so you all can see the date uh, that the article was written. Uh, uh, why is it not showing up on here now? Okay, oh here it is right here. Uh, oh, it's because I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> all right, so here it is right here. Yeah. Uh, I just want I want you all to see this because I just thought uh, 
it was the fact that it's 10 years old. And then watch this. This was only part. Let me see. Also, he did it in two parts. That's what he did. He did it in two parts. So it's part one and part two. Uh, but I'm going to put the article in here, uh, Joe McKeever, uh, so you all can see it for yourself. I thought it was a great article. Uh, I'm grateful for this thing, man. Again, I, I like reading this. I read this. When I read it to you all was the first time I read through it. I, I do that on purpose so I can have a, a genuine um, conversation with you all about it at the same time. And we learn at the same time. Uh, it's a great article. Uh, Sheldon said, TTL Broadcast has been a blessing to me over the years. Always glad I'm able to catch it. Keep on running. Man, look at Sheldon. God bless you, man. I, don't, I know you are. Where are you at? What, 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 where are you at? What city are you in? Because I don't think you're here. At least I don't believe you are. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe you're here. Uh, if you are, God bless you. Because uh, if you're here, cause if you're here, then I'm going to have a whole attitude. Why you ain't been on the show? <laughs> See how quick I turned it around? If, you, if you're here, then I'm going to ask the question why you ain't been on the show. But I don't believe you're here. I, for some reason, I believe you in uh, one of them Carolinas somewhere. That's what, I, that's what I can remember. I believe you in one of them Carolinas uh, somewhere. Oh, there it is. Okay, you down there. So, wait a minute. Is Michael Henderson down there with you, Sheldon Wilson? Because Michael Henderson is in South Carolina right now doing some revivaling. <laughs> Look, doing just what we talked about. He down there doing some revivaling. The good pastor, uh, 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 well, he said, I got to fly in. Now, we ain't got that in the budget. Now, we can put you on the mega bus. We got mega bus budget. Is it? Didn't they all burn up? I don't know. Maybe we can't put you on the mega bus. I'm sorry. We got South. We, we got Southwest money though. We got some Southwest money. We got Southwest money. We can put if, you on if, Southwest. If Dana stop buying t-shirts. <laughs> Whoever wants. Really. Yeah. Really. T-shirts. Tambourine ministry. Really. Singing lessons. Really. They're we, like a. They're like a PTA mama. Really. That's what we doing. That's what we. Sorry. That's what. Did you want me to come on Southwest? That's how we. But well, we we can get you in on Southwest now. Now we can put you in. Uh, we got a nice couch you can sleep on, and uh. What we <laughs> okay? He, if he in town, anybody calling told me nothing. Uh oh, I didn't talk too much. Yeah, he. I'm gonna tell it. Yeah, he down there. Look, he called me talking about he ain't know about Taco Tuesday. He in South Carolina at a church. I don't know which one. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling it all. I'm telling it. He down there. Look, let me. <laughs> let me look. Let me do this right here. Let me let me tag him in the video so he'll know right now. Let me be. Look, I'm mad because look, he woke me up out of my sleep. I was sleeping real good on a uh, on a Wednesday night, on a Tuesday night. Uh, 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 got woke up out of my good sleep. Uh, talk about some. Uh, how come ain't nobody told him about uh, Taco Tuesday? Let me let me <laughs> look. I'm telling it right now. Now, look, what t- where we at in the show? So that way he can go back and know that I told. What what time frame we on? We are at the the two hour and forty one minute mark. Michael, when you watch this, <laughs> it don't matter. Anyway, yeah, he down in South Carolina somewhere. I talked to him today from when he was in South Carolina. Anyway, y'all, look, I got to go. This has been wonderful. But Sheldon, look, man, if you ever in town, uh, seriously, man, just let us know, and you definitely can come on and sit right here. Uh, in this chair. Uh, I, I still got to get my brother in here, Walter Jones. He on now, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he on right now live somewhere. 
uh, if I'm not mistaken. Rough me up, check me up. I said, well, oh, yeah, he is. you're not sure. You, you haven't met their for mothers, um, and they're going back to school. So everything y'all that you see, do today goes that towards brought all this extra so y'all stuff in here. Right. That's my brother Walter Jones on the Walter Jones, Sir Walter Jones show he on right now. Uh, I love his show, man. I'm finna, I'm finna hang up so I can get, so I can go bother him because I just got off the air. Uh, anyway, look, man, look, y'all stay blessed. I love y'all. I do. I really do. I appreciate y'all so much uh, for listening and sticking around. Thank you all for your comments. Again, we had over 100 comments tonight. I love it. Thank y'all so much. Uh, it's a wonderful one. And then thank y'all, for, especially for my, my Bible readers, my lovers of Christ. God bless y'all. Thank y'all so much. Uh, y'all, y'all keep y'all are the part of the reason that we do what we do. The main reason is I want God to be glorified in what we do, and this is my way of doing that. Uh, I don't need a pulpit. Uh, this look, I look, and and my my mentor told me a long time ago. He said he said uh, don't never take for granted what you do. He says because you talk to more people uh, on the days you are on the air than most pastors can talk to in a year. And I, I appreciate that. So y'all stay blessed, man. We got to go. Look, I'm going to give y'all some of this. Uh, this, this here song uh, uh, ain't where I'm, I'm going to play it again. When I, I'm going to play it when he come back on. But my brother uh, got a brand new joint, too. And uh, Eric Kirk, a true worship. And I'm going to close out with them with uh, his song, I Praise Him. Y'all stay blessed, man. Two T's, one L, one O. We out. When I think about how good God be, I stop praying. God is great and greatly to be praised. Yeah. He picked me up and turned me all Broken women come over there to listen. Yes, I will. Sing, yes, I will. Come on, y'all. Let's do the bridge real quick. Tell them I got The two models may be too late. God has been so good to me. Loose my shackles and set me free. And for that, say, I'll pray. Say it again. Say, I will. All the praise. Now, do we have any witnesses in here that know without a shadow of a doubt? Say, I'll praise them. Ooh, yeah.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.